Hello, everybody, and welcome to Asynchronous, a video game catch-up show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. Nice, nice long name mm. intros today. And we're talking today once again about 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim up to Remembrance 91%. We're so close. Yes. Which will bring us to Takatoshi Hijiyama to 85%, Eiseki Gahara to 100%, Shu Amiguchi to 100%, Tomiki Saragi to 100%, Ryoko Shinonome to 100%, and Keitaro Miura to 100%, as well as Destruction Area 3, Waves 1 through 5. Mm-hmm. There we go. AJ, I have a declaration. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> um, it is my intention after this recording to go and finish, finish. this game today. I'm tired of not knowing things. I want to know everything. <laughs> I'm going to play it all. And then I'm going to go on the Discord and I'm going to click every mm-hmm. spoiler. And I'm going to read them all. The five that you haven't clicked. <laughs> because we're, I know, we're both we're both in that channel. We're, and we're both, both pretty clicking bad I know about it. clicking. Here's the thing. There are certain <laughs> things that I'm like, I don't care about being spoiled for this. Um, yeah. So I have been clicking uh, with abandon. But there are there are like big end game things I have chosen yeah. not to click. So yes. I'm excited for that stuff. And I, I have to tell you, 91 percent. I still don't feel like I know what the fuck is going on. I feel like I feel like I'm so close. So though. close, but like like so far also for me yeah, personally. Like, like yeah, it's just like there's a couple times where Operation Aegis is brought up here. Yeah. And we like get a whole big explanation for Operation Aegis. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah. But also there's still so much that I'm like, wait, but what about this actually? AJ, I still, here's the thing. Remember my envelope? I I told you this week, mm. I'm starting to think that maybe some of the stuff in my envelope is right. Yeah. yeah. Which is exciting. Maybe. I have no idea. But I'll tell you what, I am back now to a point of being like, I still don't know if this simulation is in physical space or is in um, the cloud. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know anymore. I don't know what to believe. I do think it's in physical space, but that's fine. We don't have to, but like, <laughs> have to dive that deep right away. <laughs> Unless you want to, I'm cool. I, I just, I don't understand. I don't know. We, yeah, we'll get there. I guess I don't know because the, they are in physical space. The fifteen are in physical space, but every other person is, is like data. a data ghost that, that they are just being programmed to see. Maybe tracks, but if they're if they are in physical space, <laughs> what happens? When it loops, they're just dead. I, yes, I do not know. I assume so, but I don't. I truly don't know. I that's that's the one thing that I'm like. I am just guessing at what this thing is. Like nobody has said really what happens. Yeah, I I, I have no idea because I still also don't know. Like I'm very curious if like the the cloning thing is yeah. going to get explained or if we're just going to be like, no, they have cloning and that's it. Like we're not gonna <laughs> like yeah, they can just clone people, but also some people are androids. It's like well yeah. Wh- why one over the other? Why not both? Or right. all, like, why not all robot or why not all human? I think I maybe sort of know. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> maybe I guess we, we can sh- talk. talk about it. Yeah, maybe we should. But maybe the, we should get yeah. to the bullshit. And no, then, just kidding. Maybe I don't. Yeah. Okay. We'll do some bullshit. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying no to the bullshit. I was like, <laughs> no, I'm not ready. This week. There's no bullshit this no. week. No, I was like, I think maybe I know. And then I was like, no, I don't. Um, there is bullshit this week. <laughs> Once again, we're going to listen. We're going to revisit the kids uh, next week because okay. I have plans for that. But um, again, okay. I've been trying to go off the beaten path a little bit these past couple of weeks. So this week, I would like to um, rank the Dimos by how cute I think they are. 
okay, I'm fully down for Isn't this. Because fun? this week, doing the destructions, I was like, some of these guys are kind of cute. They're kind of cute a little bit. Every time we encounter, uh, never mind. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to give my. Yeah, yeah. Tell me. Tell me when we get there. Yeah. Um. So I am going by the ones that we've unlocked. Oh, okay. in, in the mystery files. Uh by doing the battles, which I assume should be all of the ones that we have seen. I don't recall there being any that we've seen that aren't in here. So that yeah, is could, mystery file numbers 137, uh, 147 for us right Thank now. You. Thank you. So starting at the bottom, the least cute Dimos, in my opinion, is the RPF. This thing mm. is a monstrosity. This thing is an <laughs> eldritch nightmare. It is just yeah, too many arms. It's just limbs. It's just yeah. a bunch of limbs. Yeah. Um, radiating off from sort of a central body and um i don't like looking at it yeah, um no it's not good it's not good it's not cute um next up uh we have the gladiator this this is one of the ones that's just a sentinel just a guy and yeah so it's like it's just a guy um it's like a guy who goes to the gym too much um <laughs> like a beefy guy um sure. not not that cute Next up, we have the drum mine. The drum mine is low on the list because it is literally just a cylinder that rolls around. I don't know, but part mm, part of me loves the drum mine. Every time I see a drum mine, I'm like, look at that cutie. Is that the one that you were going to say? That was the one I was going to say that I think is really cute. Oh, I, I, wow. I don't know why. I think you're right. It is just a cylinder. But but part of me, like thinking about it as like a being, like if this wasn't just a robot, like if mm -hmm. this was like a, a shaped thing that like had a little face on it. Imagine how freaking cute that would be. That's true. And I guess that's kind of how I see it. But I can see that it is just a cylinder. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. That is my thinking. Mm -hmm. Next up, we have a drill fly. Mm. Um, so this literally just looks like a screw with like some helicopter rotors on it. Yeah, he's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's like it, it's whatever. It's not that cute. Um, mm -hmm. But it is at least getting a little more like anthropomorphized, like a little more like animal, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. Next up, the hunter. This is too much like a wasp. It basically just looks like a wasp. And that's oh. scary. Yeah, OK. Right. And it's got like the buggy legs. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. OK, now we're starting to get into like the territory of ones that I actually think are kind of cute. So yeah. the next one is the high quad. OK, now the thing with the high quad is it's not all that cute in the face, but it has these like bow legs that make it look like to me, at least in this image, like a baby animal that's just learning how to walk kind of. <laughs> Yeah. like a baby deer or something <laughs> okay. and that's okay. kind of cute yeah thinking about it like that it is kind of cute otherwise it is just just horrifying yeah uh, yeah pretty I much would say. but th conceptualizing it like a fawn or something is very good yeah if you just look from the legs down it's like there could be that <laughs> i bet that's something legs. cute on the top there <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay um okay next up is the terra carrier yeah i was wondering where this was gonna land yeah yeah so the terra carrier to look at it it's like i don't even know that i could conceptualize this as a creature until mm. i sort of squint and it kind of looks like a horseshoe crab yeah the front is very horseshoe crab yeah mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, like if you took the, the shell off of a horseshoe mm -hmm. crab. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll totally agree with that. I don't know if <laughs> I don't know how versed our audience is on TikTok sounds, but there was that one. Uh, there was that one sound of the guy going, hey, we got the accent challenge. And he goes through and, and does like all these sounds. This yeah. one looks like beep. This is beep for sure. <laughs> um, no, uh, mm, actually, no. Sorry. I think this one's actually. Mm. <laughs> See, I know who I think mm. is. Mm. 
but we're not there yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you sorry imagine? to anyone who does not. Yeah, uh, if you don't understand. Consume TikTok yeah. that doesn't make any sense to you. I'm so sorry. That's it's very cursed. Uh, maybe we can <laughs> post a, the original. Oh man. Okay. Next up is the Apsos. Now, Apsos is very cute. Yeah. So here's the thing. At first, this one almost looks like a like a virus, except. Mm. It has a very stylish hat on. And that, to me, takes it from being creepy to being kind of cute. It's kind of like it's like a bird. Um, you know, like yeah. A, I mean, a peacock, but any it bird. It does. That it looks of, like a peacock's you know, tail, but it's on top, does the thing. top of his head. On the top of his head. It's nice. It's cute. And it looks it's like, cute. to me, it looks like it would kind of walk like back and forth. You know, like you're would, right. Yeah. It would kind of lean back and forth every time it steps. Because mm-hmm. I think it only has three legs. So there's no way it's like. It's yeah, it's hard to tell if it has a fourth leg back there back there. I can't tell. Anyway, next is the twin tail. This is kind of like a scorpion, but instead of a tail, it has two cranes. Yeah. For for its butt, (laughs) which doesn't sound that cute, but to look at it, it has these like they they have these red lights on them that i think are supposed yeah. to be like the eyes and then it has these like little like antenna things above the like eyes eyebrows. I, I don't know it's kind of cute yeah she's got lashes yeah <laughs> yeah i'm kind of into it cutie next up we have the worker i'm very surprised this is this high up i know so the worker looks like a spider it's just a and spider yeah a lot of people would not think that's cute here's the thing i've been spider pilled We've, I think we've talked about Sebastian before. Sebastian mm-hmm. is a, a friend from the, the TWG Discord who is an arachnologist, like a spider expert. And from following him, I have been exposed to so much positive spider content that mm-hmm. I now am like, I wouldn't say that I love spiders, but I'm more yeah. comfortable with spiders than I used to be. And some yeah. spiders are actually cute. And yeah. I was like, this one's a little, it's just like a little buggy spider. Yeah, it is a little buggy spider until you read the description says that it's eight meters tall. Um, but I mean, but they're all huge. So that's not. Yeah. Really. Um, <laughs> I'll, I, yeah. I'm not saying it's not cute because it's a spider. It's just kind of like plain, you know, mm. Um, mm-hmm. like as far as the rest of them go, it's kind of just like it's just kind of a, a guy to me. Interesting. See, I, I think it's kind of a buggy. I, I do now, now that I look at this again, I do think maybe the twin tail is cuter than the, the worker. So I might, yeah. I might swap those. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying the worker, like, where's the flavor, you know, where's mm-hmm. the, where's the spice? We're God, just kind of a, now that I look back at the Apsos, I kind of think it's cuter. <laughs> I'm sorry, worker. I think you've been demoted. Sorry. I'm, I'm repositioning the worker between the Terra Carrier and the Apsos. That feels right to me. Yeah, I agree. That feels right. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, now I'm like, is the Apsos cuter than the Twin Tail? But I don't know if it is, because like, mm. look at the Twin Tail. Just look at its little face. Yeah, no, I think that's still right. I think that's still right. But if, yeah. mm, I don't know, though. I, the Apsos, I kind of want to just like pinch its little cheeks. Yeah. The Twin Tail, I'm not so it sure. It does have cheeks. The Twin Tail, though, it looks like, you know why I'm into it? It's because remember I mentioned that some, some spiders are cute. It has a face that looks mm-hmm. like a jumping spider, which are the cute ones. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the cutest one is the G-Molar. This is this is the right take. This is mm. This is mm. Mm. Um, I, Yeah, I can't I can't get the resonance. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, I I think that this is the cutest one. He ha- it's a big fella. It has three <laughs> like stumpy legs, like a like a bulldog's legs almost. Um, yeah. and like two little like or maybe it's just one, but it has these like stubby arm things. Mm-hmm. And it has a spiky back and it just looks it. I don't know. It just looks like a, a creature that I would like to hug. Yeah, I definitely like it's basically like you took the drum mine and put some legs on it, which is the only way yeah. to me that the drum mine could get cuter is that if it was just a big guy that had mm-hmm. legs, especially these like thick, stumpy legs, thick legs, dude, and his tiny little arms. Yeah, this thing got like- Nenji Ogata legs. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Oh, my God. You're mm-hmm. absolutely correct. 100 mm-hmm. percent correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gmail's top of my list as well. Yeah. Um, big, big fan. Big, big yeah. fan. So those are all the Dimos cuties. And I feel bad killing them. I feel bad about killing them. I don't I will say I don't feel bad about killing uh, the RPF. That thing should should die. I think that thing's begging for death, actually. Yeah. The RPF should be sent to hell. Um, mm hmm. Yeah, it's I mean, but now the more I look at it, no, in my head, the RPF floats. But now that I'm looking at it, it very clearly doesn't float. Um, It's got just a bunch of little feet that that, that make it walks along the ground with. But then the top is all just arms, which is horrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the thing that makes it so bad, there is a world where this could be cute. But the problem is all the different appendages are different sizes. Like there's no there's no consistency to it. And so it gives the impression of being a thing that was cobbled together by Satan himself. (laughs) It's I say something maybe maybe wild. Yeah, it's kind of got a a Dr. Seuss energy. It kind of does. If you if you took this art and painted over it in pastel colors, Mm -hmm. you got a Seuss on your hands. That's that's That's, a Seuss baby. That's a Seuss baby. You're so right. Um, Yeah, like some kind of contraption that the cat in the hat would build. Yeah. Um, Except this one is from hell. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So that's the bullshit. Stuff. Congrats, congrats to the G molar for winning cutest, uh, yeah. cutest dimos. Yeah, uh, that is the correct take, I think. Shout out to the guy with the hat, though. He's the only one with any drip. So, <laughs> all right, let's move now into the final chapter of the story of Shu Amiguchi. So, this story is called The Idol in Orbit. We start in Shu's apartment. We actually start with him coming back to the apartment, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. We've never seen him, like, come back. He's always just been there like, or wakes asleep. wakes up there. Yeah. Yeah. He thinks about uh, the government spooks that he thinks are keeping an eye on him, which I assume are just the, the men in black. And then <clears> he thinks about Yuki, you know, working for them and gets upset about it. It says that he's upset that she just wanted to keep an eye on him for that shady outfit. Uh, and then he remembers that he was the one who approached her first and then thinks, and she has to keep an eye on me. Maybe this isn't so bad after all. Which is like, OK, <laughs> yeah, man. All right. You can think about Yuki a second time. And he's like, she's a spy working for a secret organization. It's kind of hot. <laughs> it's like, OK, man, we get it. You're horny. Yeah. Uh, and again, then, uh, uh, we all love Yuki. I get we it. We do all love Yuki. But also yeah. calm down, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's just processing, okay? You know, he's processing his emotions. 
Uh, so then, you know, he turned the TV on. Mukin is there and is worried because she <clears throat> says he knows I'm here now. He's going to try and have me eliminated. And Shu, you know, asks for an explanation, a real explanation for what's going on. And then it's like, oh, is he uh, Ida? And she says yes, and that he is after her because she's helping Shu. He wants to reset Project Arc, which is a thing that we kind of knew, but not mm-hmm. in like the exact words. And that the world would be destroyed by Kaiju and restarted from the beginning. And that they've done it before. A reset means that you would be erased too. So like that language, erased... Mm-hmm. That sounds yeah. like data. It does sound like data, but I mean, the memories have to come from somewhere. Right? I think they ha- they have nanomachines in them, regardless of whether they're soft body person or not, because that's where the memories and personality come from. Uh, yes, but also could be a simulation of some kind. I don't know. But also could be a simulation of some kind. That's true. Oh, I also yeah. remember another thing that made me think this that I sent. But we can talk about that when we talk about analysis. Okay. Uh, so then Inaba goes on to explain that the Sentinels were built to destroy, uh, the Kaiju, the Daimos. And then when you ask about the outer walls, he says, uh, uh, if it's just space between the enclosure walls, that means we're in some huge spaceship, right? And she just like, does not answer that question. <laughs> um, and then, uh, uh, explains that there is a supercomputer under, under your town, universal control. It has led you to believe that you live in Japan in a certain historical era, possibly to make your lives easier. Uh, uh, possibly to make you easier to manage. Um, that second part is after you ask why. So sure. Yeah, this is all stuff that we already kind of knew. Um, but now it's nice to actually have it like yeah, all in one confirmed. spot yeah. said at, at you at a character, you know, there's another scene that we're going to see where like a bunch of characters come yes. together and explain things to each <laughs> other that are like, thank you for explaining that to me so yes, I can put all these very things good. together. I yeah. think that's a very good, uh, a very good device. I wish there were more scenes like that. Honestly, I fully agree. I was going to bring that up a hundred percent. So then she asks why Inaba is helping and she says, uh, <laughs> she's like, well, you know, you know who I am. I've, I've been in your dreams. You know, you should know who I am. And then you can ask about every single like every single dream related person mm-hmm. or thing. Um, it's like, oh, my gosh, are you Yuki Takamiya? Because, you know, m- you know, uh, uh, Miyuki Inaba or are you are you Renya Goto? Are you Tetsuya Ida? Every time you ask, I asked all of them because I knew I didn't. Yeah, I knew the answer. I asked all of them, though. And every at the end of every like incorrect one, she's like, I was in your dreams. Just think about it. Um, like every single one, she gets a little a little more annoyed. Uh, it turns out she is Tomi Kisaragi from another world. She is now just fully data. And so she has taken on this appearance to uh, kind of fly under the radar and that she was singing on the TV mm-hmm. for that same reason, just to to sneak past universal control. She says that Ida is at Sector 3's terminal and that he's going to erase her and that she's hidden shoes sentinel in the outer walls. And then she gets erased or Whatever, or she, the, the, yeah, yeah. The, the TV goes a off, signal so, or whatever. You know, yeah, something happens, and then she says a thing, which is this is not the first time, or this is not the only time in these mm-hmm. chapters that Shu says this thing. A girl has asked for my help. I can't just run away from this. Um, he's constantly talking about how he can't turn back because a girl has asked for right. his help. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, great. And so then you go to leave, and as Shu opens the door, uh, Ryoka walks in, pointing a gun at him, says that she needs his Sentinel. Uh, and he says he can't do that because he has to stop Ida. And Rio goes like, oh, OK, yeah, that's my plan as well. So they, they head off together to the outer walls um, on on Shu's motorcycle. And then 
as as this game likes to do, we have a full conversation uh, on the highway riding yeah. a motorcycle, which I guess is easy to hear. Uh, and she explains that Ida took Yuki to Sector 3 as well because he needed her biometric ID to access the terminal and that he's put the gate into lockdown. So they'll need to use Shu's Sentinel uh, to teleport to the correct time instead of being able to just go right to the UFO here. So they arrive at the outer walls. Uh, Ryoka's got a headache, so she takes her pills and asks where they are. Shu says the outer walls of a spaceship, I guess. Uh, and she says, what are you talking about? And then he's like, oh, you must have never found out that part. And then you've written here in your notes, or maybe it's not true. Maybe, uh, maybe it's not a spaceship is the only thing. Got it. Because, yeah, because like that's twice now that like he brought it up to Inaba and she was like, mm hmm. <laughs> Like, she yeah. didn't say anything, and Ryoko's like, what the fuck are you talking about, spaceship? So I'm wondering if that's, like, a hint that it's not a spaceship situation, or the game is yeah. just keeping things vague to keep us on our toes. Yeah, I think it's I think it's partly the game keeping it vague, but I think, like, we learn that, like, uh, you know, later on that, that this is on a planet, but these, these supercomputers underground, they are for Do some reason Do we calling. learn that? I think so, because later on we talk about the terraforming project and stuff. And so I'm assuming that this is has been this is terraformed land or something. Yeah, I don't know that we know that for yeah, sure. Yeah, fair enough. The thing. Because there's also something about how like the data about the Dimos is being taken from a satellite. Mm -hmm. So it, it's possible that like this was not... I don't know. To me, it's that signals that maybe this is not like land that was terraformed. It's like the Dimos have basically been like inserted into this, whatever this is, this world mm. by someone or something. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. Now you got me no, second we, guessing. Um, right. But anyway, uh, so they find the Sentinel on the outer walls. It's just hanging out. Um, and then she uh, <laughs> she teaches him how to activate the Sentinel, which is uh, just him flipping his hair. Uh, it's very, very funny. Um, and then she's like, OK, well, I can get in the maintenance hatch and set your you know, time destination or whatever, your sector destination or whatever. Uh, so she climbs into the maintenance hatch and they teleport to sector three. And it, also, while they're on the highway, um, uh, Ryoko's like, man, your Sentinel must weigh like several tons. How does it fly? Uh, which I just <laughs> thought was a fun. Uh, yeah, I don't know, just a fun observation. So they go down into the pit in Sector 3 uh, under Sakura High and in the terminal. Uh, it's the terminal that has the dead androids <laughs> hanging out, which I guess we still haven't fully confirmed what those androids are. No, nope. uh, I guess maybe they are just androids like they're yeah, just I think they might guard. just be there to fuck with us. Yeah, I don't know. Um, or were they the ones that were with Ryoko when Ryoko and A and Tomi? No, because those were they hit those outside like those were incapacitated outside. No, but when they were when they were leaving, there were more androids coming in, like when they got teleported away and then they realized that Miwa wasn't there. They were they teleported mm -hmm. away because there were androids coming. I don't know. I feel like they were in there already at that point, yeah. I want to say. Okay. But I don't know um, for sure. Anyway, so that's the that's the 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 UFO we're in. Um, Ida is at the terminal in the shifter uh, and Yuki is being held at uh, just regular gunpoint. It's very interesting to see a normal gun here mm -hmm. being pointed at at Yuki and Ida comments when when Ryoko and uh, Shu get there. He says, so found a way through on Amaguchi's Sentinel. Uh, I suppose this is because I chose Takamiya over you. Those emotional impulses of yours really do try my patience. Uh, talking to Ryoko, which is just a fun, cool thing to say to a person. Disgusting. 
did you want this to be a, a cryptic conversation time? Because it seems like you've... It's sort of cryptic. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of transcribed it just because, like, it's all very interesting uh, mm-hmm. exposition. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of, like, explanations. <laughs> but yeah, there's yeah, a lot of stuff. Listen, I love an excuse to put boss in over over things. Let's do it. Here we go. Ryoka says, uh, that's not why, Mr. Ida. Shu says... Uh, your Ida, huh? Seen a lot of your past. To which Ida says, uh, well, that's inconvenient. She's still transplanting memories then. I know you too. I've known you all your life. Ever since I dropped you off as a newborn, I placed you into the Amaguchi family as a child. You're genetically identical to me. You are Tetsuya Ida. Uh, cool. This guy is such a fucking creep. Yeah, this guy's a fucking weird dude. She wants to, you know, wants, her, wants him to let Yuki go. Uh, and Ida says that he needs her biometrics to access the computer. Up till now, I was borrowing your ID, talking about Shu, uh, but then you accessed your Sentinel, which means authorization has been restored to you. Ida asks uh, Shu if he has feelings for Yuki. Shu says, yes, I love her. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Dropping the L-bomb here. Yeah. And Ida says, under any any other circumstances, it'd be fascinating. Genetically identical, but our experiences made us very different people indeed. And then Inaba pops up. Uh, on, you know, one of the those floating screens that pop up. And Ida says that her singing gave her away because I'm still your biggest fan, believe it or not. I have to start things over for the two of us. <laughs> this is this, and I wrote in these notes, he's the same foul man. This is the same, this is grown-up mid-skip Ida. Yeah, yeah. I Which think. just does not track they don't look anything alike their hair is completely different colors their voices are totally different i am maybe maybe his maybe he was put into another body i don't know <sighs> yeah maybe he got he got transferred into like a renya goto body right. or something because he looks like goto that's yeah i almost am wondering if goto is like another version of ida i'm also very curious about that but then yeah. like the fact that they are on different like they're on opposite sides kind of like i don't know disperses not disperses like you know so i think point of order every time mm. there's a, a loop it seems there's another version of each of these people who's created right and they are not necessarily the same person unless they are given memories or a simulated personality right so i think it's possible ida ida is from a previous loop right wait <laughs> okay so i'm like wait but this but he but but mid skip Ida is the guy from 2100 right <laughs> i don't know i don't know i see what you're no, saying though that yeah. like go to yeah yeah like goto could be like from a different loop and he's like yes. a separate guy but he is a genetic recreation of an Ida. yeah he but is this I, loops Ida, yeah yeah but i don't know because then because then there was the Tetsuya Ida from the the shoe looking Ida. Yes. Is he from? I think he's from this loop. Is the, the shoe? That's the that's the first loop. I think that that twenty one hundred oh. Ida that we see, I think, is the first loop. OK, I think. Right. Because those are because those are the memories that our shoe has. Right. So that's a different loop. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe he just sees it as like. He sees Ida looking like that and sounding like that because that is what he would look and sound like maybe. at that age. That's maybe, but we don't have any other evidence from anybody else that that is a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems interesting to just like toss that in there as yeah. like a, yeah, this is it. This is how this works. But anyway. I don't know, man. Anyway, he's a foul man either he's, way. Yeah, the worst. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Um, 
Back to the bossa nova. Shu says, uh, I won't let you erase her, talking about uh, Inaba Kisaragi. Uh, and Ida says, please, I love Tomi Kisaragi. There's no need for anything as drastic as that. <laughs> Kim has written here in the notes, this is gross. Isn't she still the data of a child? This dude has had one crush since he was a teen and has literally never gotten over her. I'm not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And it's gross and stinky. Stinky. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like, I am... Frightened and impressed that this game has managed to create a man so foul. Mm. <laughs> I have nothing but hatred in my heart for this man. Anyway, he's, go on. <laughs> he's extremely irredeemable is the thing. He's yeah. got like and no redeeming thing. qualities. Here's what I want to say too: is this is good writing. <laughs> yes, this is good. You've created a foul character who does foul things that we uh, we are all in agreement that it's foul. Mm -hmm. This is the context in which I am okay with foul things being in the game. <laughs> right. As I just want to point that out. As long as it seems like the game is also acknowledging, yes, this is foul behavior. This is not cool. The game acknowledges and agrees that he's foul and we all get to hate him together. Yes. And isn't that what makes the human experience so beautiful? <laughs> Anyway, uh, so Ida talks about he's not going to erase Tomi because he loves her. He says, but I do need to silence her as a precautionary measure. Uh, and then he says, you know, she's Sentinel AI and that he has command authorization over all the Sentinels up to number 19, which is interesting. Inconvenient. Um, Inaba says, uh, I'm in orbit right now and I can see everything. The reset will change everything. It'll all be broken down and rebuilt. Ida says, a new beginning for you and me. And she says, no, you don't understand. Uh, and then he shuts her down. Uh, you know, he says whatever. Listen to a command. woman? Couldn't be me. <laughs> Couldn't be me. Yeah. Listen to the woman who has several times told me herself that I shouldn't be doing the thing I'm doing. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, really interesting given the context of stuff that we learn later yeah, on. In this like she's we'll we, we learn what it is she's trying yeah. to tell him. And it's um, like this would have been relevant information to yeah. you, sir. Yeah. Uh, so Edith says um, she'll be asleep until all this is over. Uh, and that's the last variable taken care of. Our work here is done. Uh, and then he gets ready to send them all to Sector 4, which is 1985. Edith says, uh, you're coming with us, Amaguchi, as will you, Shinonome-kun. Come on, you know you need me. Uh, which is the first time, I think, that we've gotten some acknowledgement from yeah. Edith that he's like, fully he is manipulating her. manipulating her. Right, yeah. And we, we see his powers of manipulation now that it's like... Now that we've, like, gotten to this point of mm -hmm. kind of the reveal that, like, he really is a nasty, foul villain man, mm -hmm. we see him manipulating character after character. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> gross. Yeah, really, really awful. Mm -hmm. So then uh, uh, Ryoko hesitates, you know, lowers the gun, walks up to the platform. He says, that's my girl, which is <laughs> just really the nail in the stinky coffin. This dude so sucks. So stinky. Shu says, I know what you were trying to do all of those nights in the lab. You weren't trying to bring her back. You wanted to remake Kisaragi the way you wanted her to be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Really great. Really yeah. good shit. Awesome. I love, I love that. She says, you think we're the same person? You're nothing like me. I'd never use a girl as some tool. Okay. Weird way to characterize it, but okay. So then yeah. she, she fully <laughs> cold clocks Ida right in the face. Pretty cool behavior. Yeah, it's very cool. The MIB guy goes to shoot him, but Ryoko's faster somehow and shoots that guy. Shu runs to Yuki, and then Ryoko gets a headache. Ida gets up. 
walks over to her, takes her gun and says, you can be such an inconvenience and shoots Shu, you know, phasers Shu, tells Yuki to come with him and says Shu will suffer the consequences. Then Shu tells her to go. And then Ida, Ida, you know, for the last thing is says, hurry this up to the men in black. And then suddenly the shifter activates, surprising Ida. Ryoko did this. Mm-hmm. And then Ida, Ryoko and Yuki are all shifted, um, which is the scene we see in Ryoko's thing of mm-hmm. her killing Ida. And Which, then y- like, Yuki having to take care of it. Yeah, like this, these parts put a finer point on the fact that like she fully killed this guy yeah. and it's sick. Anyway, go on. Um, And also, I am now feeling less weird about it being like, a, oh, you just had a crush on a guy. You know, it, yep. it's the, the, this is this is full on, you know, here's uh, the thing manipulation going on. We still don't know what happened in 2188 yeah that's also true. that's the yeah like i still don't know what happened there mm. at the same time this is one foul man yes <laughs> this is, like couldn't be worse and so i'm like do what you gotta do girl <laughs> so then we uh you know fade to black a few hours later Shu is working on the terminal trying to get the shifter to work while the men in black are just standing around and I, I thought this is really interesting, you know, talking about how Ida and Shu are genetically identical because they're both extremely smart. Mm-hmm. Um, like we've been told several times that Shu right. is just like acing all his tests and stuff, even though he doesn't study, he just like hangs mm-hmm. out all the time because he's a smart kid. Right. Uh, it's cool. So he knows, you know, he's he's figuring out how the shifter works just by like kind of hacking at it just like yeah. trying, trying to figure it out and so he starts with like okay well this has to go here and then the the thing lowers down to like start teleporting them and mm-hmm. it's like and then this and then it just goes back up and it's like fuck and there's there's the two men in black there and the one guy is like oh come on what the fuck and the other guy's <laughs> like well i mean he's doing his best like maybe we should just mm-hmm. let him try and figure it out uh i love that dichotomy between these two I guys do, yeah i do love that we get like a tiny bit of character yes <laughs> yes and they sound basically the same but they're just slightly mm-hmm. different voice wise um <laughs> So uh, Shu, you know, can't figure that out. He also doesn't know how to use the Sentinel to get back. And then Shu asks the one guy if, you know, their organization knows how to how this stuff works. And the guy just says, it's a UFO made by scientists of the future. Since before our time, it's been buried here underground uh, and says that, that, you know, they don't know how to use it. It's just old tech that has been here. Uh, so Shu says, OK, so you're basically clueless. <laughs> so then the, uh, the terminal starts to glow uh, on its own and then Natsuno and BJ show up. Hello. Yeah. The men in black say uh, one of the one of the guys says the data unit. Uh, and then it fades to black and it's a two. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's the end for you. That's Shu 100 percent somehow. <laughs> I had an, a note in here that I pulled out because um, it was j- just for me. <clears throat> there is some interesting thematic stuff potentially happening here about objectification mm. where like this game is literally calling out the fact that Ida wants to like take Tomi as a concept and like recreate her as the thing that like he he wants her to be right I had a note in here that said I can't believe this game is so good at calling out objectification in this one instance and then spends <laughs> the rest of the time it's time participating in objectification yeah but that's not really what I what I want to talk about I think that it's interesting to me that this is being demonstrated through a character who in this iteration is an idol and in another you know in another time was like an internet star mm-hmm. it's like i don't know like there it, it it feels like under the surface there are or could have been some interesting 
thematic substance here in terms of like objectification and like, you know, social media or the internet or, you know, parasocial Mm -hmm. relationships. Like there's, there's almost something there. And I don't know, I, I wonder if it'll come back or if I'm just reading too much into it, Mm. but you know, she is like, she's just data. She's not like anything substantive, literally, Mm. um, at this point in the game. And I just, I don't know. I just think that's a really interesting concept Mm -hmm. that I, I mean, I hope that it's, it's, I don't know, explored elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And I, there are obviously, sorry, Ringo's really going to town on he's, the phone. Yeah, yeah he's I, really I, been munching it and crunching he's, it. Dude. Yeah, he's gotten, it's like this, it's this like, oh, not like rubber, but like it's, it's this like material that um he's almost gotten like a chunk of it off. So oh he's like God. really been doing some work. Anyway, obviously this game is, is playing with like, metafiction a little bit so there may be some commentary here about games yeah i don't know but yeah like i don't know i i just think it's really interesting it raises a lot of interesting concepts even if they don't go into it it doesn't bother me too much because like i don't know it doesn't seem like something that it's clearly like a small part of this but i don't know interesting stuff um a lot to chew on and it made this ending kind of interesting to me um Mm. Like, it's not like the most exciting ending, but I was like, "Mm, much to think about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting read of, of, you know, drawing those parallels between Inaba being uh, idle and Tomi being an internet Mm -hmm. person. Because like, you know, you're always trying to make those people the person that you want them to be. Right. Which I think is is a very, very interesting parallel. I'm not sure if it's on purpose. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think so. (laughs) Um, I wish it were. Yeah. There's so much interesting there. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, hey, it, it works. It's good. Uh, even if it even if it is on purpose and it's just like, you know, we're not going to dig too much deeper into it. We're just mm-hmm. going to say, like, you know, this is kind of also a thing that happens. I think this. Right. I think is good. I don't know. I like it. Yeah. I, I'm trying to figure out because I know there were a lot of things, say, in like three houses where it was like, this is a theme that's being presented, but not really <laughs> being dug into. Yeah. Where like th- this feels like it's not a theme that it's like they've been setting up this whole time and then had nothing mm-hmm. to say about like it's it's it is to the extent that it's in here it is already a light enough touch that i'm like i understand why they're not getting into it right right yeah it's it's not yeah yeah i don't know it it's good it's interesting it's good yeah yeah it's good it could so that's so that's shuamaguchi a hundred percent yeah now uh speaking of miss tomi <laughs> let's uh let's go see what she has going on <laughs> nice. Is that a good transition? That's great. That's perfect. I'm good at podcasting. Anyway, <laughs> uh so first we have the the part that takes us to Tommy's 87%. It's called Back to 2025. I am so sorry for the Ringo chewing a bone noises. <laughs> it's so baby, it's so loud. What are you doing? He's not. He's in the zone. He's not listening to me. So they're in the classroom, quote, after returning. Um mm. They have moved from their classroom in the old building to one in the new building. Interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. Very funny. Iori's sleeping here. uh, And Tomi goes, this girl, new building, same old sleepy. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. So funny. So we learn here, Miwa does not remember going to the future. Um, You know, you ask her a bunch of questions and she's like, 
you know like oh don't you remember like being you know in that underground place and she's like you mean the underground food court in the mall like she's just completely (laughs) she remembers nothing um to the point that tommy's like i it's almost like her memories were rewritten as if we never went at all but i think she also says like they were marked absent for those days in school so it clearly happened Mm -hmm. so the next scene we are on kamazumi station line number five platform we know this place very well did you sorry did you walk up to jerry at all in that in that classroom scene yes he's talking to himself yeah he's talking to himself so this is like all the this is like where Jiro's stuff starts I guess yeah it is good so um we're on the train platform we walk in with Ogata Tomi says I'm glad you remember at least and explains that Miwa does not remember going back to 2025 um Ryoko at this point doesn't even remember Tomi's face yeah and Ogata says so that's what Sekigahara meant by being managed because A had mentioned the the computer in universal control manages uh mm-hmm. the sector mm-hmm. so tommy thinks oh maybe that computer has the answers we should go back there i want to go back there and ogata's like no <laughs> like it's there's androids everywhere you know you don't even know how to get there it's too dangerous you could get stranded again you know and she she keeps being like well maybe i'll talk to a maybe if i can find a maybe he can help me he's like no yeah. stop yeah. um so a train rolls past mm-hmm. and Tommy says, when you put it like that, maybe you've got a point. I should slow down and think a little, but still. Woo! And so Woo! boom, this connects it to uh, Ogata's scene. I, I assume that this is like the event that actually happened that creates the memory yeah. that he is in. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this is not actually when the like Dimos attack mm-hmm. happens. Some of that was like filled in by his consciousness i guess anyway yeah. tommy says you know why do you care anyway um are you worried about me that much am i really that important to you and ogata like blushes and like sort of turns away yeah. he's like shut up go ahead and die for all i care it's just i feel pretty shitty being the one who let you do it and he's like, <laughs> still blushing and it's really cute uh-huh. um and she looks like kind of disappointed that he like didn't admit that he cares about her <laughs> he's like listen we'll think of something together just don't go rushing off on your own so at this point, I walked to the left and uh, there's Wajima and his ding dongs. <laughs> um, and we actually see that that whole fight play out. The same dialogue, um, same crappy shit. And it turns out Ogata is not just a good fighter in his dreams. He, he does, wins. Yeah, he does beat up Wajima and all of his guys. Yeah. Uh, swoon um <laughs> but tommy does not feel the same way i do about that she's like kind of annoyed i think that he's gotten distracted by this even though yeah. he was fully defending her honor <laughs> but anyway she's like okay like i'm gonna go do this myself if you're too busy like getting in fights and stuff so she yeah. her train arrives and she gets on so a few weeks later uh we are at the shrine mm-hmm. tommy says another day another waste of time which is a whole mood um she's trying to figure out how to use the gate and happens to be crouching in the bushes like looking for an on off switch when (laughs) Hijiyama and Okino shift in. We get a short little cryptic convo time. Okino says you know what you have to do and Hijiyama says if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes I'd be questioning my sanity. It's so absurd my head's gonna burst. Okino uh, tells Hijiyama to go back and rest up. Says, I just need to ensure Morimura doesn't find out. Time to pull a few tricks on the gate and cover our tracks. So Hijiyama leaves. (laughs) And then uh, Tomi pops out of the bushes and says, I saw that, queen shit. Uh, And basically uh, starts blackmailing 
<laughs> Okino. Yep. So she she goes, he I finally found my in. Yeah. Um, she introduces herself. She's like, I'm Tomiki Suragi, and you are Okino-kun, a guy who doesn't want to be caught by Morimura, right? Once you do something for me, you don't have much of a choice. I just yes. love how she's like, from a very short conversation, got enough information to be like, time for blackmail. Yep. Queen shit. Incredible. Constantly working that angle. She sure uh, is. Good shit. Really good uh, shit. So yeah, that brings us to the end of that chapter. So Tomi's final scene is called Terraforming. Uh, starts off in the classroom. Uh, Jiro's talking to himself again. Typical uh, me was like, hey, you guys want to get crepes after after <laughs> school? And Tomi says she has somewhere to be. Iori also has plans, presumably trying to find a Sekigahara somewhere. Um, so Miwa has to go home alone. Sad. Oh, rip. Rip. Uh, so Tomi arrives at the shrine to find Okino in the Kiriko Doji disguise. And this is, I hate to say it, we see some of the most unqueen-like behavior from Tomi Kisaragi here. <laughs> yeah, she calls, she calls Okino a weirdo. Ma'am, you are from the year 2025. <laughs> are you seriously this weirded out by a little bit of drag? Absolutely yeah. not. There's no fucking way. Grow up. Yeah. Grow up. You wrote here in the notes, truly an ill, which it is. Fully, yeah, it's really stinks. It is. It's like the first L she's taken. Yeah. And she just doesn't give it up either. She just keeps, she keeps digging in. Yeah. It's it's, it's so bizarre. It's, it, it is, I'm sorry, it's just bad writing because no girl who is that online in the year 2025 <laughs> yeah. is going to be like, I can't believe you're dressing like a girl and you're a guy. <laughs> like, come on. Anyway, they shift after she takes that massive L uh, to the uh. underground mainframe in 2025. Mm. And she was here. <gasps> Uh, they exchange some what are you doing here and then Shu asks who's that little cutie and I have no here Okino must be so hot like we don't really get it like a lot I find that a lot of the character like the character faces I feel like are all very interchangeable in this game yeah they're pretty samey but like in in universe Okino must be so good looking because everyone who sees him is like hubba hubba yeah um I don't know I mean like even his portrait that we see later is like a, a guy you could slap Juro's hair on it and I'd be like that's Juro Karabe like they all look the same <laughs> yeah but like in the in the universe of the game Okino's got something canonically hot everybody is every yeah canonically hot yeah <laughs> so Tomi goes hear that you're a cutie apparently and Okino goes I'm not complaining which is great good stuff so then Natsuno walks in so this is after I guess the shoe scene we just got <clears throat> and I think uh she was like what you know don't come out here <laughs> like yeah you know stay hidden she's like no bj says he knows them so this is the scene now where like everybody like compares notes yes um good. so tomi asks why natsuno's here and she says this little guy led me here and tomi goes seki gahara's robot <laughs> uh bj says hi to okino and is about to like introduce himself and okino's like yeah yeah i know you're miura a told me yeah. um, <laughs> So BJ asks Okino, what is your goal? And Okino says to save the girl trapped in orbit. BJ says we are on the same path and explains both 16 and 17. The Sentinels were put into orbit. Uh, he says they went to an unknown man-made artifact in space. Okino explains that um, they like previously made contact with number 16 uh, when Tomi like touched that button uh, on the other side of the room, but they haven't been able to get through since. And BJ's like, oh, Shu knows the reason for that. And she was like, yeah, so Ida shut down her sentinel. <laughs> 
I love it. This part's so good. This part rules. It's so good. It's, I don't know. I can't even explain why it's so good, but there is just something so satisfying about seeing all these characters come together and like put together the information that they know and work together. Like, I don't know. It's, it's just feel good i have no idea it feels good yeah because it's it's taking all the stuff that we have been putting together mm-hmm. throughout the game by seeing every of every different angle and it's bringing it into like oh okay yeah. we're all kind of on the same level as the characters that's cool mm-hmm. i think there's also an added satisfaction of like seeing the characters get to interact and like be on the same page and yeah um, it feels real and like grounded, I guess. Yeah, they're not just vessels for storytelling. They are now right. actively involved right. in, in figuring out what's happening. Yeah. Very and meta, I don't, if you it, will. Yeah, I, I, not even to me. It just feels like, <laughs> yeah, this is how people act. Yes. I don't know. It it, yeah. it just feels, and even just the way it unfolds as we go, it's yeah. very believable. But anyway, so yeah, they <laughs> after they explained that, Okino's like, oh, okay, so like he has gotten like this authorization, uh, Ida has. So let me see if I can clear it so then we can like bring her back online. So Okino goes to like work on that. And then we just get like these conversations where everybody starts putting pieces together. And she's mm-hmm. like, you know, tell me like Inaba was talking to me <laughs> through my TV. Uh, she's actually sent on number 16 and she's also another you. <laughs> so uh which i think sounds like a lot to process but um mm-hmm. tommy thinks i knew it that song it sounded a little different in the style of the 70s but it's just like one i sang in middle school mm-hmm. and inaba is my username or was my username yeah i became dude. an idol pew, pew, pew. that's good which is all really yeah it's all really good stuff but it's also like it feels a little bit silly that the game never revealed that to us before it's like Mm. uh, obviously the reason why is to not put too fine a point on it until (laughs) until it's like convenient for story reasons but it does also feel very silly to like explain all of this now you know now that we've like spent all this time with tommy i don't know Mm -hmm. and natsu is like i can't believe we all ended up time traveling (laughs) that's so crazy and tommy's like yeah so i'm actually from 2025 um which is very good and tommy's like does anyone else know about this stuff so natsu starts like rattling off well yuki knows and keitaro miura knows and she's like oh that guy i know that guy yeah um and it's just so funny to like see them all make these connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, Okino is ready. Um, he has Tomi scan her ID and the authorization will be reset and the Sentinel will reboot. Uh, and sure enough, uh, when Tomi does the thing, they get through to Inaba and she says universal control doesn't suspect a thing to them. This appears to just be a simple video broadcast. I do think this is very cool. This idea yeah. that like Inaba is contacting them through, you know, video to hide what she's doing. Mm-hmm. So Tomi asks Inaba what's going on. And Inaba says, do you trust me? And Tommy says, well, you're me, right? I won't get anywhere if I can't even trust myself. Wow. Good line. <laughs> so let's uh, let us enter another cryptic conversation time. And says, I was shifted to the orbiting command ship for the second phase of the interstellar development project. It's an artificial satellite that presides over terraforming. The very ground you stand on is proof. The second phase was a resounding success. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe this is a confirmation that they're in physical space, but there are things 
there are other things that make me question it, which mm-hmm. we'll get to. So Natsu's like, oh, wow, so it's really true we're not on planet Earth? And Shu explains the whole city is 30 kilometers long. I thought it was on a spaceship, though. Okino did not know any of this uh, and had apparently been investigating other countries, like what was going on in other countries. So he's like, what's the deal with that? And Inaba says, universal control alters the information you receive. It does whatever is necessary to make things appear consistent. From here, I can see the entirety of the residential ward system and all of the terminal controls. And Okino asks, uh, you can control the satellite from your Sentinel? And Inaba says, with some limitations, but it is possible. Because I'm Tomi Hisaragi. She's the one who designed the second phase of interstellar development. She was a terraforming researcher. And uh, she, like, shows them a log. Mm-hmm. So this is a log from February 8th, 2188. It is adult Kisaragi. <sighs> Once again, hot. Awuga. And you know? yeah. Awuga. <laughs> Uh, she says, I ran the simulation. This was our 25th terraforming attempt. We believe the planet is a type 57B. In order to reach a habitable state for humanity, the process took 1800 years, a bit longer than hoped. So this too is also why I'm like, this might be a computer simulation because they're not, are they literally doing things for 1800 years? Right, right. You know, <laughs> like, are, or are they testing the conditions of different planets and like running like a really quick simulation, you know? Yeah, well, I think I think that's what she's saying, right? Is she ran a simulation and in the simulation she ran, this took 1800 years. Right. And now they are at the end, like they are they are the result of that terraforming. But the terraforming didn't actually happen. Is what For, I'm saying. In the in the, the from, from 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 adult Kisaragi's view, yes, she ran the simulation that would say how the, how long the terraforming would take, and then they started the terraforming. It took 1,800 years, and now we're here. Now we're where they are, like where where like the the kid versions of Tomi and Okino and all of them. They are the result at the end of that 1,800 years of terraforming. But that was a- she ran the simulation just to see how long it would take, and she's just saying here like this is how long this is going to take. Oh. And then she hangs up the log. They, you know, and then they do the terraforming thing that takes 1800 years. And now we're here now. I don't know if I buy that. OK, that's also fair, because also we did. Somebody in the last episode said that they're like millions of years past whatever. Right. Like, you know, I, I, so yeah. I don't really know how much to trust anything that anybody <laughs> says at all. Hold on. She's <sighs> designed the second phase. She was a terraforming researcher. Yeah, I don't know. It could go either way. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the log continues. At Morimura's suggestion, I updated the system on the command ship. It's set to monitor the final phase surface facilities. Before any harm may come to these facilities, it will determine whether the final phase needs to be redone. As the professor always says, it can't hurt to be safe. Work's going well, but I can't wait to return to the surface. So, yeah, I guess this could be construed as confirmation that this is what the events of the game are the final phase right before any harm will come to these facilities it will determine whether the final phase needs to be redone right so they'll they'll go through the final phase which i guess is like a 40-year window see if Mm -hmm. that stuff see if that stuff takes and if it doesn't then they restart it until it is safe and I think maybe the restarting takes 1800 years. And since now we've done we're on a third loop or whatever that, you know, mm. this combined has taken, you know, 5000 years or whatever. I heard it was millions of years. though. I don't yeah, know. That's, whatever. That, that also has thrown me. I just don't know, man. I haven't decided. So here's like either. Yeah, this is the final phase and this is real land or whatever. Or 
I think it's possible that this is just that simulation being run over and over again, you know? Yeah. Or it one could be of true them. as well. Could be true as well. Anyway. <laughs> so Okino after that, uh, log plays says she said some curious things like redoing the final phase. And Inaba says, you heard correctly. There's no turning back. Huh? What? Yeah. And Inaba says the command ship will fall below the horizon soon. We'll be disconnected for a while. And Okino says, are there any measures we can take? And Inaba says, yes, but I believe there's only one way through this. Universal control needs to be altered. And the only ones who can do that are all of you. Trust in me and get into the Sentinels. Uh, that's the end of that that scene. I wish we I wish we got in all of these the scene of the of them uh, summoning their Sentinels for the final battle because it would be cool. Yeah, I agree. The scenes of like everyone pushing their little buttons is fun. Yes, fun. <laughs> I love to see them push a button. I love to see video game characters push a button. <laughs> I know I'm pushing buttons, but when the video game character pushes a button, that's good stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, I don't know. I mean, like these, these hundred percents are good Mm -hmm. so far, but like the endings kind of fall flat. Yeah. Um, They're just like not as exciting when it's like just the end of a scene. And then it's like to the final battle. It's like, I wish that they all had that exciting moment of like, okay, now we're at the final battle and here is, you know, we are doing the battle now. Yeah. 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 And we get to sort of see each of them have their their moment where they where they decide to get in get in the sentinel and go do the thing yeah where they where, you know where they they ogata decided like i'm doing this for love or they iori decided right. to say something cool for no reason um you know yeah <laughs> i'd love that yeah moment. i think i think one thing that we're gonna see i think especially in the next scene um mm. some of these characters get really interesting stories and development and mm. some simply do not. <laughs> some <laughs> like simply some, end, yeah. Yeah, like, shoe, interesting story, but it just, just kind of ends. Uh, yeah, it feels like we get to, like, instead of getting to 100%, we get to, like, 98% or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's just, like, a little more that needs to be done here for it to feel, like, narratively satisfying. Yeah, um, like, it would be cool to have just, like, a little scene of shoe like, reflecting on the fact that, like, God, like, I am apparently the genetic copy of... We never get to see Shu, like, deal with (laughs) the fact that he is, like, the genetic copy of this, like, stinky man. Yeah. Other... I mean, I guess a little bit, but, like, it would be... It would be cool to, like, see that moment of him just, like, reflecting on that and being like, I am gonna go do this big battle. Yeah. And I guess maybe that's just, like, a flaw of of this method of storytelling. It's, like, it's 100% Mm -hmm. of this person's story in service of the larger remembrance story you know so like right. if it's if we treat it like a scene in that you know shoes doing the thing then natsuno shows up and then we skip ahead to the scene where they all come together and that scene right. rules um so i think viewing it as like a, a whole i think it's good but i think i think saying like like or signposting to the the player that like yeah this is the end of this person's arc you know is is, right. is a little disappointing it's like oh okay i guess i guess this is it but, you know, in, in the grander scheme, obviously, it's just a, a, a 10 percent or not even 9 percent right. of, of the whole story. So whatever. Yeah. Speaking of uh, unsatisfying endings. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're moving on now to the story of Ryoko Shinonome. One hundred percent. This ending is called Brought to Light. Uh, so we start off in the nurse's office. Goto is not there yet. 
uh, first, yeah. which I thought was interesting. It's kind of like we're basically repeating like the first loop that right. we did of Ryoko where like she wakes up. Morimura asks, you know, how she's doing. What year is it? Tell her, tell her to take some pills. Goto walks in. Uh, Ryoko does not remember him. And then he asks if Morimura has been overworking her. And Morimura says, I've had no choice. OK, Ryoko seems she's basically like I said, we're back at square one, right. more or less. Um, she's back at thinking like, oh, I have to find four two six. She said she needs the list of the compatibles to see if he's made contact with any of them. So it's, just, you know, we're back at square one for Ryoko, mm-hmm. which is a bit upsetting. I do think. In retrospect, like there's there's a lot of this in her her stories, like they all start in the same place. And some of them she remembers some things and some of them Mm -hmm. she doesn't remember others. But in retrospect, the last few scenes, it does seem like she has forgotten more. Yeah. And I do think that that is like well done Mm -hmm. in like in retrospect, looking back and realizing like, okay, she is like it is just degenerating and degenerating. Like they do a good job of showing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, And then you actually did something that I didn't in my run. Um, Mm -hmm. If you ask about like the compatible boys and stuff, Goto's like, oh, I think it's lunchtime. So so they should be in the cafeteria. I didn't do that. I just immediately did the next part. Oh, Um, so she has like a deja vu moment where she's like, oh, wait, I've done this before. Uh, And then and then you know, you can move on to think about 426. Is that that's how it goes? Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yep. I love that. So then you can consider 426. Uh, and she thinks if A isn't 426, then who's the one that messed with the Sentinels? Uh, and then you leave and Goto doesn't follow and you just go to the science room gate. So you're alone for a, a moment. She remembers seeing something important in the surveillance footage, uh, which we know is is the scene of Ida mm-hmm. talking to uh, the Tomy AI. It's like, I'm going to bring you back. So she activates the gate, but the gate is locked. Uh, and then Morimura comes in and says that she's the one that locked the gate. Um, Ryoka says, I knew it. You disabled the gates, not 426. Uh, Morimura just tells her to take her pills. Uh, and Ryoko says, I won't let those damn mind controlling pills screw with my head anymore. And this is really interesting because like this is where we started. You know, again, this is where we started with Ryoko's stuff. It's like, oh, these these pills are bad news. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder, like, you know, and, and we're seeing Ryoko like think these thoughts that we had when we first started her stuff and for us to be like no actually girl no wait they're helping actually we've learned more and you've learned more but you (sighs) have forgotten it's really i think it's a that's a really great like narrative tension you know dramatic irony or whatever you want to call it yeah uh it's very good uh so morimura explains that you know dd426 is the the code that infected the sentinels in 2064 Uh, it separates the nanomachines from your brain makes you lose your memory and the pills are basically slowing that down trying to preserve that link uh but it's been gradually decreasing then goto walks in and he and morimura try to explain to ryoko that she was the one that caused the infection by giving it to a uh and then we have a flashback to the shikishima sentinel hangar in 2064 ida is you know staring out at the sentinel um and he which i guess is is it miura or am i just thinking that because that's the only other sentinel we've seen in this era i'm not sure i think actually i think it might be hers because of what happens at the end of this right um but i don't know uh so they're looking out at a sentinel whatever and then he shows her an interlocer update uh, it's code dd426 and he says there's a flaw in the nanomachines that's inhibiting her from unlocking the full extent of their power uh this code will fix it but morimura disagrees and ryoka says Ugh, why is she like that she's always going against you mr ida he <laughs> says if only everyone was as understanding as you uh, uh, and then he <laughs> he tells her that it's our little secret just put the code into your sentinel she says that she'll do it <laughs> <laughs> Kim has written in the notes here. She says she'll do it because behind every woman is a foul man waiting to ruin her life. 
so then, then Ida leaves and, and no, it's good. So then Ida leaves and A walks in and asks, uh, you know, like, hey, what was that? And she says, nothing that concerns you. And he says, I guess I'm just still some kid that lives nearby, huh? A fourth wave is approaching. We need to get ready. And so then Ryoko goes to install the th- <laughs> she goes to install the code into her Sentinel, DD426, into her Sentinel, and then considers like, maybe I should put it in A's Sentinel because Mr. Ida's right. And now Akun will know it too. Uh, so she is the one who uploaded mm-hmm. the thing that fucked everything up. Yeah. In in that battle. Uh, and Ida is the one that gave it to her. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And the reason everyone thinks A did it is because she was like, I'm going to put it in A's mm-hmm. Sentinel so he knows what a great guy. So Mr. when it, when it works, is. when A does yeah. great in his Sentinel. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we head back to the science room uh, and Gojo says, after you shifted, you went missing. It took a long time to get you back. And when we finally did, your condition was already terminal. Uh, we've been able to keep it at bay with the medication, but the destruction of your memories has already begun. And it's 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 very interesting and that they use the word destruction because that is what, mm-hmm. you know, that destruction is what, and terminal. Yeah. Which like oh, these are terminal. just words that mean things. So yeah. it's, it could be a coincidence. I don't know. But, but I just think it's interesting that there's so much of the like terminology of mm-hmm. the battles that is being used here. Yeah. The, the, the phrase the destruction of your memories is like, you know, like you could word that a different way. I think that mm-hmm. would be that would make a little more sense. But yeah, it's interesting. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. So Morimura says, uh, for you, we tried to reinforce your memories with nanomachines, but it hasn't gone well. And I don't know what for you means. Uh, yeah. in this like- I, I assume it means because like we know that she's also been doing nanomachine stuff with Iori oh, okay. and Shu and Juro. And I guess the the idea is instead of shoring up their existing memories, it's like, OK, we're just going to replace them. Yeah. Yeah. For for, for yeah. everybody else, it's like we're trying to implant memories and free you we're just trying to make sure right. you can keep yours right um, interesting interesting Goda said we thought that if we let you roam free your memories would stabilize and more says but they kept failing you became further detached from reality uh and then Goto says but it's imperative that you remember only you can clear the infection within the sentinels because only you know the password uh, and then she like fully breaks down because everything that she thought she knew is fully wrong. Uh, and we wake up back in the nurse's office. Goto, Morimura and A are there. Um, Ryoko does not remember who A is and he asks her to try to remember. Uh, and she remembers his name but can't remember her own. And then Morimura's like, oh, you're Ryoko Shinonome. And she says, oh, I don't. I don't recognize that name. Like, I don't, it doesn't feel like me. So she feels like she has to find something, but she can't remember what. And A says, you don't have to anymore. How are you feeling? She says, I feel good, refreshed, peaceful even, which is wild. Uh, And then we've got another cryptic conversation time. Goto says, maybe it's just not possible. Morimura says, the nanomachines have all separated. She barely has any memories left. Uh, To which A replies, the memories you implanted in her, where are they? Morimura says, we did the same for all of you. When you were connected to the learning devices, you gained the knowledge needed to control the sentinels and the gates. Those memories were backed up in case there was an incident. Uh huh. <laughs> he mm. says, so she has her memories of what happened before the incident. And Morimura says, no, not all of them. We only backed up those which pertained to learning. A says, so all she knows is how to control a sentinel? And Goto says, the password to remove the infection. Uh, Morimura finishes the sentence as gone, along with the rest of her memories. We can no longer rely on the sentinels. Goto says, so you're giving up? There is still one way to use the sentinels. And Morimura says, no. Further exposure to the infection, and there's no guarantee you're, you'll survive. Uh, he says, he's not talking about himself. 
After everything you've taken from her, it still isn't enough? I won't let you put her in a sentinel. And Ryoka says, no, Akun. Sentinel number 14 was made for me by Ida. It's my sentinel. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Man, dude. Well, there's one more bit here, which is that everything fades to black, uh, except Ryoko's little character. And she goes, I won't let anyone else fight for me. And then, like, we see her at the Sentinel hangar activating her switch. Yeah. Um, I don't like that. <laughs> it's kind of so, a bummer. It's, it's a like, bummer. Like a it's letdown a, bummer, not like a sad yeah. bummer. I mean, also a sad bummer. Also it's sad, really but... fucking dark. Um, But, like, you know, we talked about this a little bit uh, offline, but it's like they just denied her any character growth, any... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like she gets so close to knowing the truth. She she has this moment where she takes back her power from Ida and kills mm-hmm. him. And it's sick. And, uh, and now and she doesn't even remember who he is. No, she 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 remembers he made her the sentinel. Uh, you know, oh. like it's, uh, she says sentinel number 14 was made for me by Ida. So it's implied that those feelings are still there, which is a real bummer to me. And yeah, like it's cool that she goes and, you know, fights, but it's like she she has become nothing. She is no one. She is just a a sentinel pilot machine. And it it's just I don't know. It is such a bummer. And it's presented as this good thing that like she's refreshed and peaceful now that she is nobody and has no personality mm-hmm. and has no motivations and like it's just it's a bummer. And yeah. purely by coincidence. Yesterday I was on TikTok and I stumbled across somebody who was talking about a sort of pertinent essay um, that I guess we can link in the show notes. It's called yeah. A Fate Worse Than Marriage and it's by um, Andrea Long Chu. Or I'm sorry, it was a guest post. It's on Andrea Long Chu's uh, Substack, but it is a guest post by Carmen Maria Machado. And it's basically about, I, I won't spoil the uh, like content that it's talking about in case people care about that but it's talking about how there is sort of a trope in like sci-fi and fantasy where there is among many sexist tropes that infect science fiction and fantasy a particularly pervasive one that seems practical for dramatic and logistical purposes but when tilted to the side reveals a great ugliness about how we think about female characters their minds are expendable interchangeable as long as their bodies are present and uh again i won't say what what (laughs) Uh, television show this is that they're talking about here in case people are watching the show and don't want spoilers but um well i, I mean if they're interested in the the article they're gonna find yeah, out yeah yeah anyway. okay so i guess spoilers for uh doctor who yeah spoilers, um, spoilers for the doctor reboot there and i have not seen doctor who so i you know i'm just going by what i learned about uh, this character from the article, but there is apparently a character named Donna who is like the the doctor's companion for a while and um, starts off as kind of like a shallow character who's, you know, only interested in getting married and, um, you know, like as kind of a what is the word that I'm looking for? She's just presented as like a, a not particularly person who you know doesn't doesn't really the writer describes her as selfish imperfect and uncertain but by the end of her season she has grown and shaped the very universe so you know she experiences a lot of character growth is really Mm -hmm. the point of this and has learned a lot about the universe and um has become very competent it seems and then at the end of that season 
there is basically a, <laughs> you know, a plot that leads to her needing to have her memories completely erased of her time with the doctor. Um, so she is basically just reset to who she was before before the events of the show, mm-hmm. essentially. And this character describes like the absolute grief of of seeing this character who had grown so much have all of that character growth just be completely obliterated and it's so funny that i just stumbled upon this um Mm. right before we you know we were set to talk about this because it is exactly what happens to ryoko and it's it's a bummer yeah and you know it's like they're like they can't all be happy endings of course but it's just it's upsetting to see this character who has been you know the whole point is that she's been manipulated Mm -hmm. by this man um and because of his actions she can't remember who she is she can't remember the people that she loves and is led to distrust the people who are trying to care for her and all of this stuff and you know she gets closer and closer to to finding that truth and then you know for inexplicable narrative reasons the writers decided to just completely undo all of that in the end and just make her um like a, a nobody <laughs> and yeah. and i remember thinking like in the destruction sequences like it's really interesting like ryoko knows so much about the sentinels she is there are a few characters who spend a lot of time in destruction explaining things to other characters who are like clearly newer to the sentinel program mm-hmm. and ryoko is one of the ones who seems really to know her shit very well Mm-hmm. which always seemed very interesting to me and now i'm like oh it's because those are literally the only memories that she has left yeah. <laughs> like cool 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 i don't know just a bummer yeah like in a way this was kind of inevitable like from the beginning of her story like this was telegraphed to be like well you know she's gonna lose her memories like this is what's gonna happen mm-hmm. but it's just interesting that like i don't know it stinks i think i would rather have rather her have like died or something from this like yes. wild memory loss instead of them being like oh no we have everything up until a certain point like in a backup um just in case and then it's just like totally undoes any any meaningful development that happened mm-hmm. um it's, for her as a character the fact that it's upsetting that there is a backup yeah but it's just how to fight in the sentinel you know it's like that yeah. scene in spongebob where he deletes everything in his brain except right. how to be a really good waiter <laughs> like, which is like what's what's even the point then of giving anybody any memories if you just want them to be able right. to kill the dimos why don't you just right give them the fight memories and let them go like why are we yeah. doing all this character stuff if we could just make them robots mm-hmm. and there's no reason for this to be like this is not like it's just a narrative choice mm-hmm. to make it like oh we have a backup but it's only this yeah. and there is here the worst part maybe is how the writers of the show placed the burden of donna's destiny on fictional circumstances like they didn't want to take responsibility for what they'd done there's a kind of plausible deniability it was necessary that donna's mind was erased she would have died otherwise but it never occurred to anyone that killing her would have been more merciful because she could have died as herself. It never occurred to anyone to ask her what she wanted. That is also kind of how I feel about this is like, there was simply no reason to do this other than to make her story tragic. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, I, it almost would have been more satisfying to me, like you said, either if she died or if she um, if it's like she forgot everything, she does not pilot a sentinel, in, yeah. which like is obviously not, you know, the point of the game is that there are 13 sentinels. But, <laughs> you know, like 
if she were a character who who doesn't pilot essential, she's just a person now. Like she's just she may as well be one of those nameless NPCs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she she achieves this this piece, you know, and it comes at at the expense of knowing what's going on in the world. But she gets to like just be a teenage girl. Yeah. And, you know, go to school. Yeah. And and this kind of goes know. back to what we were talking about last week with Iori, like knowing at the end she's going to pilot a Sentinel, like kind of mm -hmm. spoils the whole thing. It's like we got to the we, we, we were having this really interesting time in Ryoko's story mm -hmm. and like really, you know, it was all really good. And then they're like, oh, but she does have to end up in a robot at the end. Right. Um, and I even think like I would have been, you know, still bummed, but more satisfied if she remembered how to work a Sentinel, but not, nothing about any of the people involved. You know, like if she just knew how the robot worked and here's a here's a thought. Why did she need to know how the robot worked? There's a bunch of people who don't know how the robots work. Nenji Ogata doesn't know. Tomi doesn't know. Like I like I mentioned earlier, there are all these characters who were doing this for the first time and having it explained to them by Juro and by A and by Goto. Why couldn't she have just been relearning? Yeah, that could have been a thing. And it would have at least felt a little bit. I don't know, less like, oh, damn, like she lost all her memories because she had to, as opposed to she lost all her memories except this one thing for the sake of, I don't know. It just makes it feel so like, uh. Yeah, I mean, Morimura does say we did the same for all of you, but uh, like the, <laughs> I don't know, it, it's the memories that the everybody has, you know, like Ogata and stuff has about how to work a Sentinel, mm -hmm. like, he doesn't have any of the other like the extraneous info of like who made the Sentinels and how and right. why. Like he just knows how it works, you know? So uh, I don't know. Certainly a lot to think about. It is. And I do it think is. that that article, I think, is a really great uh, starting point uh, mm -hmm. for this for this thought. But uh, I yeah. do think we should move on unless you have. We one should. We should. Yeah. OK. No, that's it. All right. So let's move on then. Thank you, Kim, for you, uh, once again, for your thoughtful, uh, the thought that you bring to the show. <laughs> That's oh, always. You're welcome. <laughs> um, let's move on to the story of A. Seki Gahara. Uh, so this, uh, we have two parts here. Uh, there's first his 85%. Uh, Part called the message so we start off in tsutsuji ward uh and go to the payphone to uh call the number on the cryptic note mm -hmm. um and there are two messages from a to himself um which i think we hear in like reverse order like we hear the most recent one first and then mm. it was sort of my understanding maybe i'm wrong about that yeah i guess i was kind of confused about the context yeah. of both of them, but. so the first message she says turns out i was wrong there are no outcomes where this ends well my advice to you is stop living in the past you're responsible for your own future now and the second one says hey it's me well you you're probably pretty confused i've entrusted a message to a good friend of ours you'll likely find him with natsuno minami above all else finish the job it's for my for your sake so he thinks he should find natsuno yeah i could see how those are in reverse order yeah. But maybe maybe that is the right order, because maybe this is like one is after he learns that, like, there is no hope because, like, th there's something we are not shown here, which is like, spoiler alert, a getting his memories back. Mm. And I don't I was looking literally before we logged on. I was like, when does that happen? And it's not clear. And I'm wondering if 
part of it is because he left himself this second message to go see Natsuno. Um, and that sort of leads him back to, I assume, Okino, mm-hmm. who has the backup. I don't mm-hmm. know. Anyway, he hears these messages and he's like, all right, I guess I need to find Natsuno Minami. So uh, he goes to the athletics building. Yori's at the front gate waiting for him, but he uh, doesn't want to drag her into this. Uh, he says, in case things heat up again, and he looks pointedly at his phaser as he says this, which is very funny. He avoids a man in black and then talks to some some of the girls on the track team who explain Natsuno went out for a run but hasn't come back yet. So he decides to like go looking around the school, but then spots Yuki, who uh, runs away, and he recognizes her as the one that delivered the package, which is a BJ drone to him and decides to follow her. Um, and he is referencing the scene very early on in his story where he like gets the first message recording from himself from a BJ drone that Yuki dropped off. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so he follows her through the old building passageway and into the old building where he finds not to know. He aims the gun at her, which is like, dude, come on, be cool. Like, you, <laughs> like she's she's you went looking for her because she like has something for you. Right. <laughs> um, so Yuki comes in and hits him. And she's like, stay the hell away from not chant. And not knows like cut it out, both of you. Um, and uh, he says, OK, so you lured me here. What are you planning? Natsuno is like, I thought you came for him, right? And she pulls BJ out of her bag. Uh, he's like, oh, yeah, that's the thing that showed me the footage of myself. And Yuki says, wrong. That's not the same one I gave you. That pew, pew, unit pew, was a pew. different one supplied by the SIU. Wild. They're the ones who had it say all those things. Wild. That was. That, um, ah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good reveal. I, that's like the first shocking thing I think that I've encountered in this game. <laughs> like something that like really made me be like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. And it's great because they set up like BJ is not like there are other BJ drones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just at this point, I had I barely remembered like that. This is how this story started. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's a good reveal. So Yugi explains that the men in black are the SIU and that she's been cooperating with them because they're keeping tabs on Natsuno. And A wonders why they wanted him to see that footage. So they brought him here because BJ asked Natsuno to show A a message. Uh, and we go into a cryptic conversation time. So A asks Mira slash BJ, why did you temporarily erase your memories? Was it because of me? And BJ says, yes, I can't let them get their hands on this info. And A says, my partnership with Ida, my dishonesty, you knew all along, didn't you? <laughs> PJ goes, you might not know this, but you're a terrible liar. And A says, why didn't you show me the data after it was analyzed? Because you took pity on me? And BJ says, some things are just best left unknown. And A says, I disagree. I should know about my own past, no matter how terrible I was. (laughs) My notes here. I said, I believe we're about to hear why he hates himself. And then I wrote, I'm afraid the baby doesn't think people can change. Because A is really like, I used to be a huge piece of shit. Yeah. White couch, slick back hair. Um, (laughs) Anyway. Sloppy steaks. (laughs) Uh, I used to be a piece of shit too. My Dangerous Nights crew. God. People can change. We're referencing, uh, I think you should leave season two for anyone who is deeply confused right now. Before you knew it, we were dumping that water on those steaks. The waiters were coming to try and snatch him up. We had to eat as fast as we could. Oh, I missed those nights. I was a piece of shit, though. A thinks he used to be a piece of shit. So (laughs) A asks to see the logs from 2188. 
And this is an even more cryptic conversation time. Uh, <laughs> I wish there was a way I could make it more intense, but I yeah, can't. Yeah, Bossa so. Nova intensifies. I'll just play uh, it at two times speed. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Oh That'll, God, that would be, be so chaotic. Yeah. Okay, so we, we see logs of A in 2188. Uh, he sure is hot, but he does look like he needs sleep. And he says, who's the target? And there's this old man who's unidentified. Uh, I guess he's kind of hot, but he has this really long, like, wizard beard. And it's just horrifying. I think he should shave, personally. Do you not not think you know who this is? I wrote down somewhere that, was it, is it Ida? I think it's Goto. (gasps) No fucking way does Goto have that beard. (laughs) Did it say the the name? Because I thought it was just question marks. No, I don't think so. Let me. uh... And there's never a name. Uh, no, it's just question marks. Yeah, so we it don't is, know who that it is. It is simply question marks. But I am, I don't know. I guess my assumption was that it was it was Goto because, but I guess it could have been Ida. I don't know. I don't know. I I have the slightest. Like I'm just going based on the like the other all the other portraits that we have. Like you know they they all kind of look like the person. You know. Hmm. Does this guy look like? I mean, he's got glasses on. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's why I thought he was Ida because Yuki calls him Four Eyes. Oh, does she? So I was like, oh, is this a a, a hint that hmm. this is Ida? Because Yuki used to call Ida Four Eyes before he died. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Anyway. Dude's I gross. Thought, it's a gross beard. <laughs> it's a really gross beard. No offense to beards. Um. So I, in my notes, I just started calling him Old Man, which turned into Gary Oldman. Yes. Um, so there we go. Uh, so uh, Oldman says uh, the target is the leading figure in nanotech research, Chihiro Morimura. Uh, and A says she's a former exec of Newman Inc. And Oldman says after she left the company, I allowed her to participate in Shikishima's project. The project was put on hold, but she continues working on it despite our warnings. Our company will suffer massive losses as a result. And A says that's not the real reason. You pushed for the acquisition of Newman Inc. and that initiated a backdoor transfer of a large slush fund. And Oldman says, what are you basing this on? And he says, Morimura's interstellar development project. It was one of 12 that were showcased for the acquisition. One of 12. Mm. Uh, you use the project as a cover for the real use of your funds. But Morimura's actions threw a wrench in your plans. If an international agency were to catch wind of the situation... So I this is all really over my head, but I think what they're trying to say vaguely on a high level is this dude was trying to do some money laundering and wants to kill Morimura because she's fucking that up for him. Because <laughs> she's actually doing what she said she would do. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, so A, it turns out, is a professional assassin and he's like, I need all the details I can get on my target. It's just laughing. I'm sorry. I Yeah, we keep going. Um, so Oldman says uh, she's in Sector 4. It's another colony that's still under construction. You'll find her lab there. I'll be heading into orbit myself next month for an inspection. I want the job handled by then. Be discreet. He's not. <laughs> You'll find a security personnel ID for your use. Eliminate Morimura and put an end to the project. So uh, back in the present Yuki says, you came from the future to kill our teacher, but more importantly, what were you doing with that four-eyed bastard? Um, So that's why I thought he might be Ida. And A realizes that he must have really killed Morimura. He may be going after Iori next and that he's been lying to Miura. And now we get a flashback. Yeah, This is 
quote, after the defeat in the destroyed city 2025. Uh, Scout drone flies in uh, and Ida walks in and says, there you are. And A walks in. They are both believed dead. Ida's been hiding, been in hiding since the battle in Sector 2. And A asks, who used DD-426? Ida says that A's sentinel was the source um, and insists he doesn't know who the culprit was liar um he's like but you know morimura activated operation aegis after we lost so i guess he's implying that morimura may have like sabotaged the sentinels in order to make aegis happen or like make it their only right yeah their like final uh resort i don't Mm -hmm. know so a asks what aegis is um, and Ida explains that Sector 3 was used as a trial one. They tested it on one of the terminals and it activated the defense system. He says, Sector 4 will be the real deal. Once all the terminals are sealed by the self-defense system, then Operation Aegis will be fulfilled. If that succeeds, we'll no longer be able to loop. Your city is doomed to forever be in ruins if we're unable to loop anymore. And A says, by loop, you mean go back in time? How is that different from shifting? Anita explains, this world was created only 15 years ago. You come from a different world where the year is 2064. Your world never existed prior to 2049. And A says, never existed. But we're in 2025 right now, aren't we? Anita explains, this is neither the past nor the future. That's how the five sectors were designed. They were created when you arrived from another world. A says, this all sounds like nonsense, and I agree, I don't quite understand what's happening. He says, if there's really some other world, prove it. Ida says, I take it you're aware of Mir's logs from 2188. The real world is in 2188. We were meant to return there eventually. However, this world is destroyed before that time can come. A tragic incident indeed, especially if it was the result of someone's careless actions. This dude is so manipulative. Ida <laughs> <laughs> says the kaiju have one goal to gain control over every mainframe in all sectors. Once that's accomplished, the sectors reset and the world is recreated. And that includes you. Morimura and I didn't exactly go back in time. We merely skipped the recreation. So A starts to get a headache and takes uh, some pills. Anita says, didn't you deliver those pills to Morimura for Izumi and Shinonome? Uh, you and the others have no hope of fully recovering, but you can survive. I'll extract the data from before you lost your memories and take it with me to the recreated world. That should stop the effects of DD-426, which is interesting that he says that because if the backup is just them knowing how to pilot the Sentinels, mm-hmm. like this is not a real promise. Right. Um, <laughs> And he's like, so then what do you need me for? He says, to make sure we can loop, I intend to stop Operation Aegis, so I need your help. Um, you'll believe me when you see the logs for yourself. Find Sentinel-17. You know, I want it because that data will be useful in the real world or in the next world. And Ida uh, points out that there's a drone in box mode. And he's like, this is actually Miura. He escaped into the drone before the force shift. Uh, but he's chosen not to cooperate with me. So convince him you saved him from me and extract the data. He's the only one who can track and activate Sentinel number 17. Um, Ida tells A, he's created a new gate, and he'll have his men continue to follow Ida, quote, to avoid suspicion. Continue to follow A. Sorry, yes, to continue to follow A. He says, try not to get caught. And uh, the scene ends, showing A, activate Miura. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Yeah, there's so much happening here. Interstellar man of mystery. Yep. 
So now we get um, A's final chapter. Yeah. Uh, it's called Fanning Shot. Fanning Shot. I don't know what that means. We're out on the street. Yuki and A are getting off his bike right, you know, by Shikishima headquarters or SIU headquarters, whatever. Um, they're different. <laughs> and so she, um, you know, they, they get up on a bridge and she shows him like, you know, that's the SIU building over there. And he says, OK, stay, stay here. I'm going to go head over. And then she she tells him that someone is sending out orders to her. And the black suits, but she doesn't know who. Uh, and he says that he thought she said it was Ida, uh, but she says that Shinonome shot him, uh, mm-hmm. which is true. Uh, and but then he gets a call on the walkie-talkie. Interesting, because mm-hmm. considering we thought that was Ida, and so uh, A's like, "Oh, so you've been you know using a drone to monitor us?" And the voice says that he has Iori Fuyasaka, and that A should come by so that they can talk. So A heads to the SIU building. Uh, walks inside an office, finds some men in black on the ground and an android holding Iori at gunpoint that sounds just like Ida. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes A drop his weapon, says that Shinonome did kill him, but that he copied his memories to an android just in case uh, and that his data had already been saved to, quote, the evacuation area. OK, I assume that's Sector Zero. I, I guess so. I truly have no clue. Ida accuses A of not keeping his promise. A says that he lost his memories, so how could he keep a promise that he can't remember? And then Ida shows uh, shows A a log that apparently A went a double agent uh, and told Miura that he and Ryoko had backed up Miura's data and that Miura should obey Ida a lot. Yeah. A, a replies, uh, he clearly has no clue what's going on. Or no, sorry. Really a, funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ida's, about about like the old version of himself, which yeah, is so funny. Yeah. Um, Ida says, I'd long anticipated your betrayal. Besides, it's already too late. No matter what you do, this is the end for you. Once we arrive in the next world, I promise to take very good care of you all. Now you can die in this world uh, with nothing to fear. And he throws Ioria to the ground, I guess knocking her out because um, she doesn't get up. Uh, aims the, mm-hmm. aims the gun at A. Uh, and A says, Morimura became obsessed with Operation Aegis. Don't you want to know why? I remember clearly. I received Mira back in Sector 3. You're the one who gave him to me. And I remember recording the footage you just played. I made sure to back up all my memories. Now I remember everything. <laughs> Which, like, is this what Okino did? Yeah. Is, is, is this why he remembers everything? I guess. I guess. When did he get his memories? Was that when he? I don't know. It's like we haven't seen it. I, I, well, I have we get no a, idea. We we get a scene in Hijiyama's thing where where A shows up. So maybe it's that the result of that. I don't know. When was that? Uh, in in Hijiyama's thing, uh, there's a point where A shows up. Uh, and Okino says something like, "Oh, it's okay. We're on the same team. Like, you know, we want the same. We want the same thing. Um, maybe." But I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I think I think that's true. We don't really get any clarification on it in in the Hijiyama scene because something weird happens and the scene ends. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so then we get a flashback uh, to just before the incident back alley with uh, A and Morimura. They are running from the men in black and he has a bad headache and he is out of pills. You can consider Operation Aegis. Uh, and he's and A says we can use Operation Aegis to protect this world. If we do, we'll be able to survive even if we fail, though we won't have much of a world left. Uh, and that he wrote, you know, you can consider the cryptic note that he gives to Morimura to be like, hey, you know, 
if if something happens, give this to me. It, it's you know the mes- messaging service, so I can you know remind myself of what happened. Mm-hmm. So A says, if we use the Aegis system, all the terminals will be sealed. The city will be cut off from universal control. There won't be any hope of restoring order at that point. That's why everyone disappears. We need to keep at least some of the terminals open. Morimura says, we can't. The enemy will target any open terminals. And A says, then what? We give up this world and try again next time? And Morimura says, there won't be a next time. I looked at the logs from 2188. I discovered another way to link to the satellite. It's not from this world. It's orbiting the real world. Weird. Mm -hmm. From it, I learned more about the mechanics of this world. We don't get as many tries as we want. The stability of this area is at its breaking point. If we fail again, the entire facility will be reset and Sector Zero will be lost. Uh, A says, what's Sector Zero? Uh, Because he is forgotten. Morimura explains, there are five sectors plus one more unique sector. It doesn't take up any space and there's no interior to see. It's an evac site unaffected by loops. This is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that it says that it doesn't take up space. Right? Um, what I'm saying. Just doesn't really track at all with anything that I thought we had been told. But Yeah. Uh, anyway, she continues to say, uh, normally you can send your data there using the shifter and it allows you to continue if the world resets. But this time, Sector Zero will cease to exist as well. We won't be able to loop again. This is our last chance. A says, without Sector Zero, the world won't be recreated. And she says, if the Aegis system is activated, yes, we'll still be here, though we'll be left behind in a world of chaos. A says, why keep this a secret? And Morimura says, because. Great, thanks. Uh, A says, why did you erase the logs? Morimura says, I had to. I couldn't let anyone find out about them. There's a lot that transpires in 2188. Earth is a very different place. Do you want to know what happens? And then we get maybe my favorite scene in the entire game. <laughs> we head back to it's a it's a flashback uh, to 2188, the satellite in orbit uh, of of sector four, I guess, uh, or or in sector four of the satellite. This is where the sectors get very confusing because the sectors are also how the satellite is is yeah. distributed or cut up, whatever. Uh, so we're in sector four of the satellite. <laughs> Morimura is there, uh, and, and, you know, older Morimura is there with, with an older A. She says, you're the one who was hired to kill me. In case you couldn't tell, there isn't much left of humanity. Just ten people in this colony. It's a bit of a, f- it's, <laughs> it's a bit fruitless to kill for money at this point, don't you think? To which I say, yes. Uh, a says, <laughs> I've done my research on you too. There's nothing you can hide from me. Morimura says, intimidate me all you want, but you're not leaving that room. And he says, in order to raise research funds for Project Ark, you partnered with several questionable organizations, sold nanotech to the black, uh, sold nanotech on the black market, and that is the source of the infection on the surface. How? But okay. Uh, <laughs> she says, I didn't intend for any of this to happen. No one will believe you. And he says, I don't plan on telling anyone. This is for me. I never want to forget this moment. The moment humanity's traitor stares death in the face. And then <laughs> and then there's an explosion <laughs> because it turns out that uh, 1A Sekigahara had planted a bomb on the power generator for the entire satellite. Uh, and she's like, hey, what the fuck, man? We're going to we're going to lose life support. And then the lock to A's room unlocks, I guess, also because of the power generator. Um, mm-hmm. And he says, hang tight, professor. I'll be seeing you soon. I just love. The logic of being like, you doomed humanity. So I'm going to kill the last remaining humans on this little satellite so I can kill you specifically. (laughs) I was 
grabbing my my face, screaming at my switch playing this last night. Tara was like, what is going on? (laughs) (laughs) This dude just decided to end humanity because he had a contract, I guess. But also (laughs) because maybe she's a bad person. Is Gary Oldman even still alive? Who cares about your contract? Just this is the stupidest fucking thing. It's yeah. happened in this entire game. Yeah. A Sekigahara, number one idiot. Like, what the fuck are we doing? What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> then we head back to the alley uh, in, in, in our one flashback. Morimura says, humanity was wiped out by nanomachine infection and it was all my fault. And then a like. Oh, I, mm. on that, my th- my assumption is that like she sold nanomachine technology, which allowed you know, some bad actor to use it to, to use create it. Sure. like a bioweapon mm. essentially. And okay. Yeah. Fair enough. That was sort of my assumption. Maybe <sighs> we get an explanation further than that. At some I point, but. doubt it, <laughs> but that sounds, that sounds <laughs> correct. Um, so then a like fully begins to, you know, Ryoko pass out um, and <laughs> fucking little Chihiro walks in. This is so <laughs> Nori yeah. is like, Oh, are you lost? Uh, and, uh, <laughs> baby says, uh, <laughs> I guess it makes sense. You don't remember. I was just a baby when we last saw each other. After all, still there's a baby, still a baby. Uh, there's no, there's only, <laughs> there's only need for one Chihiro Morimura. And that's me. <laughs> and fucking this baby Morimura shoots to kill, uh, old nurse Morimura. So, <laughs> we just watched two versions of Morimura die. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. This game is so stupid. So <laughs> we head back to real real time, uh, back at the SIU building. So A says, uh, you backed up your data to Sector Zero. And Ida's like surprised that A knows that. Uh, he says, mm-hmm. it's not going to save you. Morimura gained access to the satellite of the real world, learned that the next reset will be different from any other. If we fail to defeat the kaiju again, the real world will be impacted as well. That includes the facility that sends us back there. When the facility itself is recreated, there won't be a Sector Zero anymore. Uh, Whether we go with Operation Aegis or not, there won't be a next time, and we won't be able to loop again. And Edith says, Satellite, Tomi, is that what you meant? Jesus. (laughs) Kim's written, my dude, think of the trouble you'd have saved if you'd only bothered to listen to a woman. (laughs) Uh, I'm just saying, sometimes we know things. So then um, Ida begins to, you know, he, he is just like losing it, just fully given up. Uh, a picks up the gun and shoots him uh, in the battery and kills him. So then A goes over to check on Iori. She sits up and we once again see her bloomers. Cool. Very great. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> um, and she realizes. Uh, here's some nano lore for you. She used to use the word bloomers unironically. Nice. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so she gets embarrassed over that and then, uh, asks, is it over? Uh, A says, my past is, but as for our future, for our survival, this is only the beginning. Iori says, do you think maybe this is the beginning of something else too? And he says, yeah, I think it is. (laughs) And smiles. Um, okay. (laughs) We're in love for some reason. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Um, even though he fully... (laughs) real world him blew up you i i know I, what did to I, kill her what did i say I, I i messaged you and said um uh oh where is it hold on oh man i said get you a man who will destroy humanity to kill you i guess 
<laughs> Romance. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> so then we head to the final battle. A is on the highway on his bike, uh, sees Iori piloting Sentinel-15, uh, and then number 17 is behind her, and he says, I'm seeing second, even third generation Sentinels, 12 in total. That bastard. He's gathered quite a few participants for his game. That enhanced first-gen model. That must be number 11. I guess I'll give it a shot. And then he activates his Sentinel, uh, and that's, that is the end. We head to the final battle. I love the implication that he's the last one to get in his Sentinel, which feels right to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the thing that I wanted to put a pin in, if we fail to defeat the Kaiju again, the real world will be impacted as well. Cause the facility that sends us back here, when the facility itself is recreated, it won't be a sector zero anymore. Mm-hmm. Is... <sighs> If this is in physical space, is the idea that the kaiju literally destroy the entire thing mm-hmm. and physically rebuild it again, and that's a loop? That's, that is what I have come to decide is the truth. I don't know if that's mm. accurate, but that's kind of where I ended up. Yeah, could be. Which is why that there are automated factories is so that they can kill everybody. Yeah. And then the, the factories can rebuild the diamonds. <sighs> Yeah. I don't know. I just, I can't get off of that thing that I showed you that we'll talk about later. Okay. <laughs> so next up we have Mira's God. 100% scene, which is so, talk about, why is the scene even in here? It's so pointless. It's nothing they like did him so dirty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, okay. I, I, it's I, called. I do just want to clarify. We we are now transitioning into my notes. Uh, so if things get less detailed, that's that's on me. So uh, I mean, this one. There, what what detail could you have included? <laughs> um, so, but yeah, we do have. I will say this opening sequence is very nice. It's good. It's, he's it, he's you know looking over his sunset again and it says time to make up my mind and he's just sort of reflecting and he's like everything looks like it's made of gold and it's really this is nice it is really nice. um and then that's pretty much that should have been the ending almost like what was it like <laughs> just him looking out in the sunset and then yeah. he whatever anyway um so hijiyama shows up um they're like gonna go get mira sentinel that has been like co-opted by shikishima or yes. whoever and Hijiyama pledges to protect Miura, um, says he's not going to like let anyone die in this yeah. Uh, battle. Yeah. So they go to the Shikishima facility. The, the Sentinels just still crashed into a bridge. Yeah, I know. That was very strange. Very they were confusing. like, oh, they're like it was in a building, like the facade of a building, essentially, is what they had implied earlier yeah. that looked like it was under construction, allegedly. But yeah, it is fully just... Uh, on the crash bridge. Yeah, anyway, very confused. Um, they were like being chased by Men in Black. Hijiyama shoots them. Uh, Mira thanks Hijiyama for his help. <clears throat> he says Natsuno-san's already out there fighting. So apparently the battle has begun. Um, yeah, which, like, I, which doesn't seem like men. it. We were just standing looking at the sunset. We were just Everything looking at fine. a beautiful sunset. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And Mira says, BJ is a different me from a different time. According to him, I should be able to activate the Sentinel now. He does it <laughs> um, and uh, declares that he will protect his family and everyone he holds dear, even if it costs me my life. The end. That's it. That's, it. That's literally it. <laughs> the, what? What? <laughs> 
<laughs> I just so I guess I mean we got the scene we wanted I guess from everybody else where he turns the sentinel on but like but like what like it uh, what we could have gotten this at the end of the other scene first mm-hmm. of all and second of all like there's still no I don't know like <laughs> what happened to this man yeah there's what did it what did he do actually what did Mira do he showed up and then met Natsuno and then learned some stuff about his past and then <laughs> we still don't know how he got with Natsuno and Yuki and BJ when they do the whole memory transfer thing. Do we? I don't know. I don't think so. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, what? What? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. He got back from, you know, I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. What did this man do? Yeah. I I don't know. He didn't do anything. He, didn't. he hung out. BJ did more than he did. BJ yes. Mira did, did more. He than- hung out in 1985 for a little while and helped Juro realize that Juro has an imaginary friend. Right. Ate some hem- ate, ate hamburger. Ate some hamburger uh, and uh, witnessed just the most uncomfortable living situation ever, <laughs> ever experienced. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I truly I have no idea. I have no what idea. What did he do? He did nothing. He didn't, uh, yeah. Uh, bummer. Is there something I'm forgetting? He's a, he's a, he's a great guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's got a great personality. Great personality. Great girlfriend. They, I feel like they're one of those couples where like you meet them and you're like, oh, Natsuno's great. Yeah. Yeah. And Mira's. Yeah. He's cool. He's nice. <laughs> they seem to, they seem to really like each other. Like that's the. Yeah. It's like, it's like one of those things where you're like, my friend is dating this guy and like, I don't have any like issues with him necessarily but it's just like i feel like she could do better mm-hmm. and he, listen he's great he's very polite yeah yeah <laughs> yep do you want to take the next one as well <laughs> sure uh we're moving on <laughs> to the story of takatoshi hijiyama i'm just i want to go through I, <laughs> it's too long for me to do it now but i want to go through mira's timeline to see if there's something we're forgetting mm. that he actually does. Yeah. That is of consequence. I, I think literally. everything he does is in other people's in, in other people's stories. Yeah. It's like he looks for his sister, mm-hmm. finds out that she's in there's a, a a adult woman in her body, I guess. Yeah. And it's like oh well. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of figures stuff out for us the player. He's just like a camera for us to be in in other scenes and learn things. And then it's kind of the way it is. Oh, God. Okay. All right. All right. Hijiyama. Uh, 57% uh, is, is a scene called Live to Protect. We're in the factory. We go to school to look for Okino. God. So, uh... <laughs> He out in the uh, passageway, he sees Ryoko and he has this whole thing where he's like, "Ooh, she's cute. I want to talk to her. But then he's like, he has a crisis. He's like, is this cheating? Well, Okino's a man and he's straight first. Um, and like all this time while he's trying to figure out if he's cheating on this man who is not his boyfriend by talking to a woman. Yeah. Uh, and and while all that's happening, Ryoko just walks she away. Leaves. Yeah. <laughs> And then he finally resolves to like talk to her and she and he turns around. She's just fully gone. It's so good. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so then he uh, continues on to the schoolyard um, where we see Shintaro, the cat. And there are girls sitting on a bench talking about how they call him lucky because uh, 
whenever they look where he is, they find money. Sure. Uh, yeah, I apparently I forget. I think it may have been in, in Shintaro's uh, mystery file, but it's like uh, something about like cats like shiny things. And that's why there's money there, uh, which makes sense when you put it that way. Sure. But yeah, the way they explain it is like this is just a lucky cat. So, yeah. <laughs> so you like you chase this cat around basically. Yeah in a few of these scenes just to find money. And then after you find 200 yen, the girls are like, there's more money under the vending machines. <laughs> so so you can look weird. there, I guess. What the this fuck? Scene, this scene is, this is another like spinning your wheels. Like I understand the man likes his lunch. Can we just say that Okino gave us a, a right. an allowance and move on? Like, we could have put this, we could have put this narrative effort into mirrors. 100% chapter. Yes. Like what are we right? doing? Like, What's happening? Jesus. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just me, but I did not, it was not clear to me that I should go stand in the place that the cat was. And then there would be money. It's like, I had to, I, I like wandered around for a really fucking long yeah. time. Hideyama says like, oh, it's time to check under that box. But like, I didn't register that either. Oh, I didn't hear that at all. under that box. Yeah, because st- the, the cat's like sitting in front of like some sort of like mailbox or something. I don't know. It, yeah, I missed that. Thank I you guess. for your walkthrough um, that you <laughs> you gave me. Yeah, I, I, I was like, I this was so infuriating and I had to look it up. So I, I then laid it all out for AJ. So anyway. You find a bunch of money. You go to, to the break area. Shu and Jiro are talking and she was like, oh, I, I gotta go. Um, do we know which scene that was? I didn't. I didn't really clock it. It's really Shu is just like, hey, can we or uh, Jiro's like, hey, can we hang out tonight? And Shu just says, no, I have stuff going on. So I, I think it's just one of the scenes that Jiro had where he ended up hanging out with mm. Shiva at night. I, I, I really tried to remember specifically which one it was, but I, I couldn't. Yeah. Um. So you can get something to drink, which is fun. <laughs> Or you can go to the cafeteria and uh, get a yakisoba pan or two. Technically. <laughs> uh, AJ's notes here say, quote, impossibly delicious, which is a thing that Hijiyama says. Uh, and he basically creams himself, which is true. He goes <laughs> like, fully, he goes he, down on one knee. It's like impossibly delicious. He kneels on the ground. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. So he then you go back to the old school building. Uh, he's still looking for Okino, but, uh, BJ and A are there instead. And A, uh, or Hijiyama remembers seeing A at the shrine in 1945, all those scenes ago. <laughs> A was like in full memory crisis mode. Yeah, point, A was right? like on the ground, like when yeah. you, when we found him in Natsuno's thing, like he's, or Yuki's. Yeah, Yuki's he's like, he's just, yeah. So, um, you know, since A is not very talkative right now, uh, Hijiyama goes to BJ, which is in box mode. Um, and his biometrics activate a log. So this is a log between uh, Hijiyama and Okino in 2188. And they're, you know, talking about how <laughs> Okino used the uh, code from Mighty Kaiju Daimos for um, the simulation mm-hmm. that they're working on. He's like, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's just for the environmental yeah. stuff. It's not like Kaiju are going to show up. <laughs> yeah, not that's not going to happen. <laughs> definitely. And uh, Hijiyama says that Professor Shinonome found the Daimos mm. code in the, quote, core system. Is Daimos really? <laughs> <laughs> and Okino's like, yeah, don't worry about it. And we get that that line. You're putting the fate of humankind's last colony in a video game. 
And uh, yeah, Okina's like, I'm just reusing the infrastructure. It's, we won't have kaiju coming up or anything. Mm-hmm. And we find out like the reason why mm-hmm. Okino is cutting corners is because he wants to spend more time with Hijiyama. He says, you love me so you can trust me, right? The work's done. And they talk about as long as this colony's life support holds out, as long as I've got even a second more. I'd rather spend it with you. So that's interesting. It's like they they know that this is like a doomed thing where it, like mm. their their life support is going to oh, hold out yeah, for yeah, like, yeah. you know, X amount of time. And they're doing this work in the meantime. Mm-hmm. And Hijiyama says, Tsukasa, you're right. I'd rather be holding you right now myself. I'll see if I can explain it to Professor Shinonome. Boy, friends, boy, friends, <laughs> boy, friends. Okino says, thanks. I love you, Takatoshi. Uh, and that's where the log ends. And this is nice it's nice it's good it's like, nice i love it it's nice i i i had this moment where i was like oh okay great like we're actually i see now why people like this romance i see like like the game is unashamed and like happy to show us like a happy couple of men mm-hmm. in love with a functional relationship and it's nice mm-hmm. yeah so hijiyama's like what it's you know having seen this um this log it's like impossible how could we be together he's a man um <laughs> yeah because he's still in uh 1945 brain <sighs> and then we get another log <laughs> and i i could not resist when i when i played this i had to hop into the 13 sentinels channel in the uh twg discord to say that this is the fastest kill your gaze <laughs> in history <laughs> Uh, we get another log uh and it starts Tsukasa's dead it's Hijiyama he's like all fucked up he looks like bloodied Mm -hmm. and like messed up and apparently there was a big dispute among people on this spaceship or satellite or whatever over how to spend their remaining power some people wanted it to go towards Project Arc and some people wanted it to go towards like maintaining their life support Mm -hmm. it says ogata and his cronies showed up armed and juro izumi shot okino because okino was one of the ones that wanted to divert power from project arc right and hijiyama quote made him pay to avenge okino yeah he says uh ryoko and ida are the only other survivors but they made it out he says if project arc actually goes through i hope i live to protect them my friends my tsukasa sad sad and also a bummer (laughs) fastest draw in the west like it was such a disappointment to be like yes yay finally like they're they're depicting this romance in a way that is like nice Mm -hmm. and then they immediately bury their gaze um which i just wanted to explain um for those who are not familiar with the phrase uh, barrier gaze. This is from uh, tvtropes.org. This trope is the presentation of deaths of LGBT characters where these characters are nominally able to be viewed as, quote, more expendable than their heterosexual counterparts. That's, I guess, not quite what's going on here because um, a lot of people have been killed here. But um, just like the fact that we finally get to see these two characters, like, with some semblance of happiness and immediately the game is like, nope, they're dead. Mm -hmm yeah did you enjoy that because they're dead now (laughs) bummer fucking bummer anyway yeah quote present day hichiyama runs off to find okino bj tells a that was this world's takatoshi uh and a says he brought him here yeah a says he was the he was the one that brought takatoshi to this time because of their 1945 meeting 
Yes. So in the abandoned factory, Hijiyama finds Okino. He's happy that he's safe and like confused about his own feelings again, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. And Okino is like, oh, yeah, I skipped school um, to do a little bit of time travel. Uh, and yeah, d- Hijiyama says, why does seeing Okino make me feel better? sir i just you fully saw you say that you're in love with him yeah like like, uh, put two and two together my friend i guess he doesn't you know know what those logs are but he's in full denial mode yeah um so a then shows up with a gun as always i just like you don't have to enter every scene pointing your gun at somebody (laughs) like you don't uh, it's like i don't know it's his like safety blanket just pointing guns at people yeah and Okino's like, calm down, dude. You and I play for the same team. He's, and he's like, you want what only I can give you. And A begs for help. Okino agrees. Hijiyama assumes that this is uh, romantic or sexual in nature. It is not. I think you're right that this is the scene where A is like, I need my memories. Yes. Yeah. Restored or, you know, like they're this must be how A gets his memories. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Like, it, yeah, it, it has to be because, I mean, we saw him, you know, upload his memories or whatever and then ask, mm-hmm. <laughs> ask Okino to leave the part with his personality out because he's a bad person. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so then we move on to uh, Hijiyama 71 percent. Uh, this one's called Destroyer of Worlds. Uh, we are back at the abandoned factory. He comes out. Uh, and says, damn that Okino, how long is he going to toy with me? But then I'm not ta- I'm not thinking straight myself. Okino is a man. Why am I so concerned that Sekigahara might steal him? And I just wrote here, I don't know, man, I'm sick of it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, just it's not <laughs> start to come to terms with it, please. We are at. Yeah, we are. We are rapidly approaching the end. And I would love for it not to just be a heel turn at, at mm-hmm. your 100 percent where you're like, ah, wait, like just, you know. Uh, so we head to the passageway. Okino is <laughs> waving at him in the, the weirdest so weird. pose. Um, yeah. and he's basically like, Hey, I have, there's some documents in the nurse's office. Uh, can you distract Morimura? Uh, she'll be sure in a big thing. Miss United States. <laughs> yes. It, it's very like it's pageant, like a pageant yeah. wave. Um, <laughs> uh, but he asks, uh, Takatoshi to distract Morimura saying, uh, she'll be in the schoolyard in a big white coat. It's okay. So we head to the schoolyard and Morimura is talking to Miwa, uh, finishing up a conversation with Miwa and says, do you think you can take care of that? And Miwa says, yes, of course, and runs away. Uh, okay. And Morimura says, like, now that that's taken care of. And then <laughs> Takatoshi thinks, ah, she must be a great teacher. She must be popular with the boys. Cool. So then Morimura goes to walk into the school and Takatoshi runs in front of her and is like, wait, uh, someone's behind the school hurt. They broke their leg. And she's like, oh, my God, we should call an ambulance here. Let's let's go inside and call an ambulance. <laughs> He's like, wait, no, they actually their leg is fine. They their arm, they they scraped it pretty bad. So you should go help. And Morimura is like, do you go here? Like, that's a uniform. <laughs> that's a uniform from a different school. Like, do you go here? Yeah. And he's like, oh, fuck. And then just runs away. Um, so uh, hopefully that was enough of a, uh, a distraction for Okino. And then we search for money again. We go to the break area, the passageway, the schoolyard. Lucky is there and you pick up money. Great. Uh, go to the cafeteria, buy two yakisoba pons. This is where I realized that a yakisoba pond costs one fifty, So you could get mm-hmm. two of them. It's the exact same reaction both times. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> and then we head back to the old school building and he thinks like, you know, this building feels so nostalgic for me. Um, back then I was just thinking about, you know, what it would take to, to pilot a Sentinel. Uh, and then we flash back to the Ayame Pass uh, Sentinel hangar. Mira is there, and it's his first time seeing a sentinel. 
And he says, look at those arms, those legs. Uh, and I've written here, Mira, are you attracted to the Sentinel? It's kind of horny if I'm not, if I'm being honest. Yeah, when you put it like that. <laughs> and Takato, she's like, oh, yeah, I remember how I felt when I first saw the Sentinels too. They're like, you know, they're pretty crazy. Uh, and explains, you know, I'm set to pilot this, but if if I fail, then you take my place, talking to Mira. Uh, and then Kiriko Doji shows up. And Mira's like, hey, why are you here? And she's like, I'm visiting my dad. <laughs> I have permission. I have permission. Um, and so she's delivering documents. And Hijiyama's like, yeah, dude, she has permission. Yeah, what Chill. are you doing? Actually, Hijiyama's <laughs> the one that says it first. Hijiyama's like, oh, sure. You know, she has permission from her dad. And she's like, yes, I have permission from my dad. Um, uh, so then uh, Doji says uh, that they have to get started on, uh, quote, sync connection adjustments, whatever that means. Uh, and says like, oh, we should get you to your, 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 you know, your adjustment. Uh, or at least that's what the professor wants. <laughs> okay. <laughs> great, great job. Keep it uh, undercover. So then we flash back to the old school or go back to the old school building. Hijama thinks about how Miro wasn't mentioned in the history books as being this like savior of 1945 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we walks around a little bit and surprise, Miro is here. Um, but he doesn't react the devil. He does not recognize Hijiyama because of his hair and how disheveled he looks. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Um, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of sad. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind <laughs> of, Hijiyama's like, get up close. It's me. It's me. It's, me. <laughs> it's really, it's honestly, it's really nice ha- hair. It is nice. It's a nice reunion. Yeah. I wish we had gotten like more of this friendship that wasn't like, yeah. uh, like military industrial con <laughs> complex space. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, but this part does fuck. Mira wanted to, always wanted to grow up in, <laughs> in pre-war time Japan. Um, so, so then they catch up. I've written here the, the, the boys catch up. You know, they they just talk about like Mira says. You know, I got here because the Sentinels can time travel, but now it's been seized by Shikishima and the government, um, which leads to Mira's one hundred percent scene of them going to get the Sentinel back. And then, <laughs> and then we get kind of a it's kind of a mirror of like the Ogata hijiyama scene where they're both just like you know they're both mm-hmm. mad about each other's you know partner or whatever love interest but in this one they're both mad at each other about the foods that they love uh <laughs> hijiyama's like yo you should come back with me to the factory i'll get you some yakisoba pan it's the best food that exists and mir is like well i don't know have you ever tried hamburger hamburger um <laughs> to which hijiyama gets extremely indignant and says you overestimate your burger friend <laughs> which rules so good probably yeah it's up there as one of the best scenes in the game yeah you overestimate your burger is extremely good <laughs> uh so then miera says that uh you know 1945 was lost because the monsters destroyed everything and then we fade to tokisaka shrine where uh hijiyama has followed okino to the shrine or you know I guess nagged Okino enough to like take him to the shrine uh, <laughs> to show him 1945. So they time travel uh, to the ruined city in 1945 and we start and he's like, Oh, this was where like Tamalkarabe's house should be and everything's destroyed. Blah, blah, blah. And they see the Daimos and Hijiyama's like, Oh my gosh, they're horrifying. Did they eat everyone? <laughs> um, and Okino's like, no, they did not eat everybody. Um, but now that their mission's complete, uh, he says, uh, now their mission's complete. So here they stand. Uh, so I guess once the Dimos destroy everything, then they just turn off and they just sit yep. there. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, so I guess they're not reconstructing anything. I, not yet. <laughs> you maybe know? they wait until they've done all the destroying and then they, they got to wait till the end of the loop. Maybe. 
because the we know the loop is is yeah. forty years or whatever it is twenty years, and it's only been sixteen. So then uh, Okino tells Hijiyama that the Daimos are after the saucer because they want to activate the shifter and and teleport people people away. Not sure to where and not sure why, but that seems to be the Daimos' goal. So okay. And then Hijiyama asks, uh, he's like, well, this 1945 is clearly isn't, you know, the, the 1945 from our 1985. And then asks if they're parallel worlds. And Okino's like, wow, I'm surprised you even know that concept. And he's like, yeah, Mira mm-hmm. lent me some of his sci-fi novels, you know, when we were serving together. This is also really sweet. Yeah. And then Hijiyama thinks it doesn't feel real. And Okino says, yeah, maybe it doesn't. And that's the end of the scene. Mm-hmm. which is very interesting which i i yeah. can see how that's also that's also I'm... backs up your this is a simulation and not not real yeah i'm coming back around on this i just don't know it's just still so up in the air i was so sure when we started this the show that this was a physical space and you have ta- now talked me into maybe it's not ah uh, so uh takatoshi hijama's last uh scene of this episode yes. to, brings us to 85 percent. it's called no more secrets Back in the abandoned factory, he wonders if he had stayed in 1945, if he could have done something. Classic. Uh, Spoiler alert. I think the answer to that question is no. (laughs) So uh, he goes to the school, uh, ends up in the schoolyard. Um, Renya Goto is here and he's he's like, I don't recognize you. Do you go here? What class are you? Why are you so dirty? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Why? Why are your clothes like that? Uh, So Hijiyama just runs away. Mm -hmm. Classic. (laughs) So, uh, once again, uh, you go on a quest to find change. Quest for 300 yen. (laughs) This is, I just, this is so many of these chapters and it's not fun. It's not fun. To just run around looking for change. Like, why do we have to gamify buying lunch? Like, can't we just move? Anyway. Um, but so this time, uh, Ryoko sees him picking up change off the ground and he's embarrassed by it. Yeah. I don't know if that's like a cultural thing or something. Maybe. Maybe. Because he's like really, really embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> There's also at one point the, the cat is right near where Goto is. So every time you try to pick up change it doesn't isn't he like really or yeah, something he's like, like oh, that what are you like, doing yeah yeah so he's so embarrassed that you need to use miwa to chase goto away <laughs> again to get more coin and i just love that that is like a mechanic in this game <laughs> is uh using miwa as a distraction mm-hmm. so uh hijama goes to the break area where he finds tomi and okino having a chat about meeting up at the usual place later and Hijiyama asks where Okino's been going. He assumes it is the shrine. Okino <laughs> gives him some money uh, and he buys a bunch of yakisoba pond, like a lot like of yakisoba pond. Yeah. <laughs> um, which like, I love how Okino's like, I know how to distract him. Yeah. So it, there's uh, this scene where you have to buy every drink and drink them all mm-hmm. and eat multiple yakisoba pond like the thought cloud comes up and it's just three yakisoba ponds mm-hmm. and you have to click each one while hijiyama waits there uh and waits until it's late enough to to go to the shrine mm-hmm. <clears throat> but he falls asleep <laughs> uh, he, so i was really confused by this because he's standing up and then it fades to black mm-hmm. and then he, it comes back and he's still standing he's like oh no i fell asleep like wait yeah standing i didn't yeah maybe <laughs> um <laughs> so he, he's like oh shit i'm late so he runs to the shrine 
decides to wait for them to get back. Instead, what we get is the uh, Ogata and Juro scene. Pew, 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 pew. So uh, I guess we 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 just don't talk about what happens with the body. Yeah. You said, I guess, 426 erases their memories. I forget what happened. I think it's I, my assumption was like, oh, that happened. But we just don't talk about it. We're just yeah, we're, you know, we see that in that other scene. So we don't need to do it again here. <laughs> yeah. I guess I have no idea. I don't know. So anyway, instead, we get Ogata and Hijiyama uh, hiding in the bushes, each waiting for uh, their crush to get yeah. back from the future. And they sort of talk about their relationships. Hijiyama is uh, worried that Okino is cheating. They return Okino and to- Tomi. They shift in. And she was telling him about the transmission from Sentinel number 16. And then uh, Hijiyama and Okino <laughs> confront them. Uh, and there's like two conversations going on at once. Yeah. Um, so I, I have screenshots of this. Oh, good. Because, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, starting with Tomi and, and uh, Ogata. Tommy's like, don't tell me. Are you a whittle? Jealous? A whittle. She's whittle. He's like, oh, who'd get jealous over you? Which is a rude thing to say, but he is blushing. <sighs> He's like, I was just worried about you is all. She's like, okay, can you walk me home? <laughs> and so they leave. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> I didn't take screenshots. Oh, you know, and, uh, and Hijiyama, apparently. It's nothing. It's, um, it's, it's nothing really. It's just like, yeah, oh, are you jealous? Is that why you're like so upset and blah, blah, blah? No, no. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's the same <laughs> conversation we've seen from, from them a dozen yeah, times. Yeah, exactly. So Hijiyama wants Okino to tell him how to save everyone. So, uh, tower of knowledge sector zero yeah. is this they shift yeah so sorry it's the, it's the ufo um okay. because uh <clears throat> hijiyama says that he wants to know how to save everyone and then uh okino's like well the only place that you'll figure that out is the tower of knowledge and then it's just the ufo but it says sector zero uh oh i guess it doesn't say sector zero no i was just okay. putting that there for clarification i, I was guess. gonna say there's no physical space of sector zero yeah i, I fucking i don't i don't know <laughs> I don't know Anyway, so uh, brings them to the UFO and they pull up a map of the city that shows the UFO under it. Hijiyama looks at the androids and thinks they were protecting the UFO. And Okino confirms there is a UFO under each city and like each sector. Yes. So Hijiyama wonders why the Daimo skipped 1985 in their attacks. Um, Okino explains that it's because someone in 85 has the control key which is what calls the Daimos to attack. So they they like hit all of the other ones first and then do that one last. Mm-hmm. And uh, he explains that anyone who is implanted with the interlocitor could become the signal for the Daimos code. And that Jiro Izumi, I don't recall if he uses his name. He doesn't, no. Or if he's just like someone yeah. once uh, tried to stop it by killing everyone with the interlocitor. Um, but it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And... This is super interesting. This he is says, very interesting. The signal is actually only a minor part of the interlocitor. 80% of the power is being used for something else, and we don't know what it is. What? I have theories. Really? I have theories. Okay. Yes. I'm very we'll curious about, about these. When we talk about analysis. Okay. So Okino explains that the person with the signal has access to three different locations. Has to access. The, 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 oh, the, has to. Yeah. Okay. Oh, has to be able to, I guess, yeah, in order to stay functioning. There's the UFO, the automated factories in 2105, and 
the orbiting colony. It's some sort of satellite in yeah, orbit. Yeah, he just says some sort of satellite, but it's the colony. Okay. So Hijiyama asks, knowing all that, are we any closer to saving the world? And Okino says, if I can figure out this UFO and the orbital contact point, it's possible we can bring back the people who disappeared. Okay. Figure out is just a vague phrase. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, and Okino says, it feels like I'm still overlooking something. Something a bit more fundamental. Like the fact that this is all in your heads. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I think so. Maybe. Uh, and that's the end of the scene. <sighs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. What is your destruction? <sighs> yeah, let's uh really quick blast through area three, waves one through five uh of destruction. takes place between 1.39 a.m. or 12.39 a.m. and like 2 something a.m. I this my screenshots accidentally cut out the time for the last two battles, but yeah, it's, it it's really like matter. two hours of time. So in wave one, Iori remembers the Cultural Science Museum. Uh, they used to go on field trips there. <laughs> and we are then revealed that Okina or Ogata has proposed to every girl in their grade, I assume. Yeah, um, he apparently proposed to Iori there mm-hmm. and... The other girls are like, oh, he proposed to me, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> saying that he so just cute. wants to protect them. And he said, I just wanted to be the hero to protect everybody. Great. Uh, then Such we battle. Boy. The museum gets destroyed and they reflect on, you know, how everything is is being destroyed. And then uh, Mira <laughs> asks Megumi, he's like, when we get out of this, will you make me hamburger? And Megumi's <laughs> like, I promise to make as much hamburger as you want if we make it out of this. Uh, cute. We go to uh, wave two. There's just a whole bunch of Daimos. Uh, they say they can't give up. The The girls all go back and forth and Megumi's like, I'm never going to give up. I'm going to kick ass. And Yuki's like, a girl. Cool. Then afterwards, <laughs> Goto asks if Ryoko is OK. And Ace like, shut up, <laughs> leave her alone. <laughs> and everyone's like, what's what's the deal? What's happening? And Ace like, well, they used to date. And Ryoko and, and uh, Ren, Ren Yagoto's like, well, yeah, we used to date in like second grade. And then she broke up with me for some reason. I, I just like, OK, <laughs> why? Why? I <laughs> I sent you a message when I played this. Yeah. It was, I just learned something shocking and not plot relevant <laughs> in the middle of destruction. Yeah. And this is it. This is what I was yeah, talking about. Just, these two dated. Yeah. Goto's like, yeah, she wanted to break up and she wouldn't tell me why. Like, OK, what are we doing? Why is this happening? <laughs> uh, battle three. A finally reveals to everybody that Morimura is dead. And then Iori's like, hey, when this is over, do you want to go on a date? <laughs> um <laughs> And then she says, like, if something, if you know, if stuff goes bad, then we'll, we'll find each other in the next life, no matter what. Like, I'll always love you or whatever. Uh, and then afterwards, we just get one of those classic conversations where uh, Goto's like, you got to you make sure you use EMPs. And Natsuno's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I have an EMP. And Goto's like, yeah, you got me. You should send at least two Sentinels that have EMPs. It's like, OK, thank you so much for yeah, sure, telling me how to you. play the game. Yeah. Wave four. Okino, you know, chimes in uh, to talk to Hijiyama and it's like, hey, I've run the numbers and I've run them again. And there is simply no way that we can win. Just like the math just doesn't just doesn't work. So we might as well just give up right now. Uh, But I understand if you don't want to tell everybody and you just want to kind of keep up the farce. Um, And Hijiyama gets really upset at this. And he says, uh, is that who you think I am that I'll just give up simply because I'm told to? And then says that he has to fight for 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 uh kin and country so then afterwards 
everyone's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we we made it past that. <laughs> and Hijiyama tells Megumi, like, I'll always protect you. And she's like, why? He's like, oh, well, you're my Yakisopapan angel. And then everybody's like, oh, you're the guy that loves the Yakisopapan. <laughs> I know you. Oh my gosh. Wow. And Miura's like, Hijiyama-kun, is this really how everybody knows you here? And he tries to come, he starts coming up with this excuse. He's like, in order to better serve our country. He's like, no, you know what? Fuck it. It's really good. It's really good food, okay? <laughs> it's the best thing I've ever eaten in my life. And then finally we get the boss battle, wave five. Uh, a big uh, uh, drum mine and a big mm. uh, factory. Cool. Uh, there's, yeah. there's nothing of context in there except it's big and we gotta kill the big one. Uh, and then afterwards they're like, oh my gosh, I still can't believe we survived that. And then Shu asks Yuki to go on a date. And Yuki says, yeah, I guess so. Uh, and Natsuno says, Yuki-chan. And that's the end of the congratulations you wore her down <laughs> all it took was a huge fucking robot um yeah so a <clears throat> lot of unconsequential stuff happening in here we're just we're just really waiting for miyuki and to show back up yep so that's that <laughs> but even then it seems like whoop. yeah i don't know i mean th- yeah. that was two hours so so we'll see right we'll see what happens in the next 12 <laughs> yeah Okay, analysis time? Yeah, let's do some some analysis. Let's do some theories. Let's do All some right. talking. Let me start with the thing that I've been alluding to this entire yeah. time we've been recording and why I'm back to thinking that this is a, like, non-physical simulation. Mm-hmm. And that's because I, I we have so many mystery points. I was like, AJ, I'm just going to start unlocking things. Yeah. And I yeah. my strategy was that I just started going from the top down. Sure. Um, and one of the things that I unlocked is Tamal Karabe, 1945. This is what it says. In 1945, Tamal exhausts herself in the burning ruins of the post-Kaiju invasion and disappears as Keitaro Miura and the others watch. However, she is not truly dead. Instead, she remains under life support inside her pod, waiting for the end. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> okay. I, what? <laughs> what (laughs) is it maybe it's a simulation how is that possible i'm thinking that the npc people are just simulated personalities based on people in pods i maybe maybe Uh, (sighs) (laughs) and what's everyone else you know they they are actual physical bodies with the 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 nanomachine memories in them so there is there is no physical body on the other end. They're all just data in a soft body clone. I like like if Tamau's thing were to open up, that is what everybody else is, I think. Maybe. Yeah. But I don't know why maybe. I don't know why they need to be physical things and they can't just be code. So, you know, maybe they are just all code. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. But that's yeah, that's why I'm starting to think that this might be not real. And also not to I mean, I know I've given away some of what's in there, but um, maybe, maybe, while I don't think it was right, there's a lot in there that's wrong, Mm -hmm. maybe in a way it will turn out that some of the stuff I have put in this envelope turns out to be true. Okay. In a way. (laughs) Okay. In a manner of speaking. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> Let's see. I had a few different ones that I uh, wanted to talk about. Yeah. I love your characterization um, of Sector Zero. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Ooh, here, let's do that. Um, loop, just number 78. If you save your own data or shift yourself to sector zero, then you will be able to skip the reset and end up in the new world, which is 16 years in the past, while maintaining your current appearance. However, you would no longer be human in the new loop, but merely a simulated personality that universal control has reconstructed. There you go. So I said Sector Zero is just New Game Plus. <laughs> that seems right. That seems right. Yeah. Um, while we're while we're there, can can we also talk about terraforming? And then can you give me an update yeah. on <laughs> still if you think it's a simulation or not? <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, terraforming seventy nine. It's it's right after Loop. Um, the process of modifying a planet's environment into a habitable state for humanity. Once a planet with similar qualities to Earth is found, its atmospheric component. Uh, and air temperature are adjusted. Doing so requires an extraordinary amount of time, effort, and technology. 1,800 years, perhaps? And then the second part, the planet that the boys and girls are on isn't Earth, but rather one that the D-forces developed through the terraforming process. So are you saying that this terraforming is also, a sim- like, this? the planet that the... the Maybe. The, the thing is talking about is, is simulated? Look, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just... I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. Why are people in pods? <laughs> yeah. Like, is Okino a pod person? I think Okino, Okino would know if he was uh, a New Game Plus, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because that's Presumably. like the whole thing is well, Okino seems really surprised about all the 2188 stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know. I'm so excited to finish this fucking <laughs> Um... There are also some interesting things that got added to Sentinel. Mm. First, we learn Sentinel has a maintenance hatch where one can set the des- can set the shift destination. The pilot must concern- confirm the shift. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought this was interesting because it explains kind of how Natsuno and BJ would have made Mira's Sentinel shift from 45 to 85. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand how they got him to confirm the shift. Uh, he hit OK or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah maybe bj was able to override it because he's i don't know know. anyway um there's also a revelation that the activation switch is typically where nanomachines were injected but if additional codes are implemented later then that would be the new spot for the switch um i just thought that was cool uh that's a cool detail Mm -hmm. it also raises the question of like did they have activation switches elsewhere on their body before getting shot by megami like what Mm. i don't know Curious. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, let's talk about facility. Okay. Uh, This is number 184. A facility that houses the entire world. Its stability is reaching its breaking point. Once Sector 4, 1985, gets taken over by Kaiju, the facility will reset, preventing any further loops. If this were to occur, the reset would wipe all data, including any memories stored in Sector 0. The lives that everyone has experienced through time would cease to exist for good. So this is just a big, this is like a big hard drive, right? That's, yeah. If it's, if we're talking about like non-physical simulation, mm, then yeah. And stuff. I would think it's just like a big computer. Yeah, yeah. Like the ones that, that crypto bros use to destroy the planet. <laughs> right. Ironic when you think about it. It's interesting that it says it doesn't take up any space, but it's shown to be a space. <laughs> Physically. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like I think... I think that's just a poor, like, 
way to describe it. Like it, it does take up space, but like when you go to it, you're not physically going to it. You know what I mean? Like, I think when you go to sector zero, that's just data or, or it's like, I don't know. It, you can't say it doesn't have physical space and then show a map with a highlighted physical wait, wait, space. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Remember when BJ and Natsuno went to the lab? Yes. To look for the log. Yes. BJ said the data in this computer looks like physical objects. I don't remember that, but yeah. <laughs> that is a thing. That is a thing. And space does not necessarily mean physical space. Mm. It could mean space on a hard drive, like Damn. data space. And if the way that a thing could not take up space is, it's is maybe it's stored. Or, well, if it's physical or it's stored somewhere else or you know, like, oh, interesting. This is we, we could be in the cloud and this is a local computer or right. Mm -hmm. like, let me see if I can find that that a screenshot of that thing with Natsuno and BJ. BJ says, I must have left some kind of hint, something to identify the data unit. Natsuno says, identify. What do you mean? BJ says each unit is a three dimensional construct. Uh... The coordinates exist. Yeah, consists of two alphabetical letters and two numerical values. Interesting, 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 interesting. Hmm. 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 Curious, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, whatever it turns out to be, this all feels very deliberate to me, and I think it's extremely cool. Yeah. Like, the amount, <laughs> the amount of, like, care that had to go into how deliberate you have to be with the language mm -hmm. to, to make sure that this interpretation or that this can be interpreted so many different ways right. until the point when you want to reveal the truth is just really, I mean, it's very well done. Yeah. Uh, there's also universal control. Mm -hmm. Sorry if you hear my cat meowing. He's in a, how? <gasps> Stop it. Scrappy. Stop it. He's just poking me with his claws. Stop. Oh my God. Uh, universal control number 172 uh universal control is the underground mainframe the town residents are all controlled by universal control blah 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 blah. we already know that stuff the one mm -hmm. that i am uh, uh, uh the thing that really really caught my eye here was when the universal control of all sectors gets taken over by dimos the five sectors get reset the world is recreated and a new loop occurs so i think every un every ufo is its own universal control <laughs> that's yeah we talked about that before but was that confirmed though i think that was like no, yeah. that was I think that was not to toot my own horn, but I think that was my theory yeah. was that there is a computer under each of them. Right. Right. But they're all called universal control, which is interesting. Right. <laughs> that there's not a universal universal this? control, you know. And sector zero. OK, if we're visualizing this <laughs> oh, man, as like each of these and each one has a computer that is universal control and they all get reset. The facility is falling apart. Mm -hmm. We're in the cloud, baby. We're in the cloud. <laughs> and and Sector Zero, I think, is actually a physical, like, computer in this facility. Mm -hmm. The facility is getting fucking destroyed somehow. And that's why this loop is different. Mm -hmm. Because Sector Zero, like, I think the, the actual computer is going to be destroyed. And so there's nothing connecting to the cloud. 
anymore at that point. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that would make maybe. sense too with with Operation Aegis because if it's a big EMP or whatever, like that'll cut off a connection to a computer. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, we'll find out today. Because I'm gonna go. <laughs> yeah, play this game. Yeah, to completion. I hate that phrase. Um, oh man. Any other things you wanna talk about? Mm, no, I think that's it. I think that's all. Uh, um, should we do rankings since we forgot? Yes, to let's last do. Week? Let us let us do <laughs> rankings. Um, uh, sorry about that. We were in a rush to finish, so AJ could go to hot pot, um, <laughs> which I think was the right move. Yeah, and I have to tell. I have mm, mm. really no. I mean, I have. I have. I actually think I have not significant changes, but yeah, changes. All right, I'm starting with Aseki Gahara. Who, if if we had done rankings last week, I would have dropped him because i this like edgy yes like oh i can't save the world oh so annoying yes and here's a like here's another weird thing is like am i holding this a second gahara accountable for the buck wild actions of 2188 right <laughs> right like those are kind of different people in a sense right right either way i would like to drop him here's the thing if i drop him to a b mm-hmm. The only person in B right now is Iori. And I think she deserves to be above him. I mean, they're they're made for each other, right? They should be together. I think she's a little bit better than he is. <laughs> I think you're right. B plus. <laughs> B point one. Yeah. Or I drop him to a C. Yeah. That feels more right. He's going to, okay, he's getting dropped to a C. Okay. And then I'm going to, here's the thing. I love my Hell Hath No Fury, uh, home however which is megami and ryoko at d but i do i'm a little more pro ryoko than i was i think the story does her dirty when in fact she's a really interesting character Mm. so i'm gonna move her up to b (sighs) i did that and then i was like wait do i want to make b just iori and the b is for bisexuals (laughs) oh my no okay here's new category (laughs) No, this is too much work. This doesn't matter. (laughs) This doesn't matter. I need to, I want to go finish this game. I don't want to spend all my time doing this. So that's where we're at. B, Iori and Ryoko. Um, And for Iori, the B is for bisexual. Because if I had a bisexuals category, Hijiyama would also have to be in there. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm at. I think those are my only changes. Okay. So I've got quite a... I've added some categories. Ooh, I've okay. moved some people from some category into another category. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got Renyugoto down in hell where he belongs. <sighs> Megami is still a D, um, even though I don't feel as as hard against Megumi now as I did last week. But I got to stand by my feelings from when I was playing her story. So now uh, I have a new category between C and D uh, called okay. a saltless pretzel with no water. That is Jiro Karabe. Um, <laughs> above Jiro. Okay, I will say I like unsalted pretzels. I don't mind unsalted pretzels, and I think I like them more than I like Jiro Karabe. But anyway, go on. Um, above him, I have uh, uh, Ryoko Shinonome at C. Above that, at um, A, more like B, I have A Sekihara. Um, <laughs> above, then uh, above that, I have B uh, with Iori and Shu. Uh, and for the record, that has moved A down from A to A, more like B. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, I can't handle the edginess. 
It's it's yeah. a lot, and I just like ugh, I don't know, man. I I just I, <laughs> I mean that flash <laughs> look that twenty one eighty eight flashback is the best thing in this entire game. Um, I'll, I'll that really tickled it you. Really got me, dude. I was screaming, <laughs> but I'm now realizing like A isn't. <laughs> A isn't super interesting outside of his mystery. You know, now that I know like kind of all the stuff about A, yeah. he's just kind of an edgy dude who like. Yeah, he's not like an interesting character. It's yeah. like an interesting story for an uninteresting character. Yeah, I was tricked into thinking he was interesting. Versus like some characters have the promise of being interesting yeah. in the story, like just completely right. does them a disservice. Yeah. Uh, and now in A, um, which also has the subtitle, uh, if this is a and then parentheses pair of boys from 1945 uh katara <laughs> katara mira and takatoshi hijiyama who has moved down from mm-hmm. so cold so sweet which is also a proxy s tier mm-hmm. um just because like figure your stuff out buddy <laughs> you know like yeah. the signs are all there you just got to stop denying yourself your true feelings you know i i can see him hopping back up to so cold so sweet um, mm-hmm. next week also i can't believe you made me buy six yakisoba pond that took such a long time i know um, dude and then an s the steadfast is what s should stand for is uh tomi nice. natsuno yuki and nenji ogata uh who i think yeah. have been s for at least four weeks maybe more yeah i have i have natsuno an a and i'm actually gonna move her up yeah to s. um yeah cool that feels right beautiful so yeah, that's uh, those are our new rankings, and that means the episode's over now. What if I just ended it right there? What if I just cut right there? Like, that's it. Um, no outro music, no nothing. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, if you want to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, you could do that, but we would really appreciate it if you would tweet about the show, tell a friend about the show. Uh, as we approach the end here, I think this is a perfect time to get people to play 13 Sentinels and they'll be done by the time we get to 100%. Because let me tell you, if I played this game how fast I wanted to play it, oh, I would have finished yeah. it in two weeks. Months ago. Yeah. So, Well, I actually, if I'm being candid with myself, I probably wouldn't have finished. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. If I had gotten to this point, I would be done by now. Wow. If you like our art, Scout Wilkinson did it. She's great. Uh, follow the links in our show notes to her Kofi page and her Twitter, where you can see more of her art and support her uh, with your money. If you like the music, you can also support Amaranthin with your money uh, by following the links in the show notes. That's his Twitter and his Bandcamp. Uh, you can commission him on Twitter. You can buy his music on Bandcamp. I think you should do both of them. If you want to join the Discord for the podcast network we are a part of, that link is at the very bottom of the show notes. Thank you to The Worst Garbage for having us. Uh, if you want to listen to the other show that Kim and I do on the network, Kim hosts uh, Frog of the Week, and I, I edit it. It's really different. It's, it's extremely <laughs> different. This is a long-form podcast. That is, I think, the shortest-form podcast. Uh, we just talk mm-hmm. about Frog every week. It's really nice, and, yeah. and you should check it out if you haven't already. Uh, by the time this episode mm-hmm. comes out, uh, this week's Frog of the Week episode will have come out, mm-hmm. and uh, a little bit of ASMR in there, so. <laughs> Yeah. Um, if you'd like... Check it out. Yeah, check it out. If you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, it's at AsyncPod. If you would like to follow me, I'm at AJ Falleri. I'm at O'Kimmies. And that will do it for us today. Next week, Kim. 
We're done. We are done. We're done. The video game. I'm so excited. So normally what we we do at the beginning and end of a season is uh, sit down with a friend who has played the game and enjoys it a whole lot. And uh, they answer our questions about the game at the beginning. And then at the end, we sort of have a, you know, a discussion about uh, How wrong their impressions. Were. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this time we, uh, at the beginning of this season, as you probably know, if you're listening to this, we spoke to uh, Chris Plant of Polygon, and it was a great discussion. Unfortunately, due to scheduling, we're not going to be able to uh, sit down with Chris for this last episode. And so uh, we happened to have another idea that was going to be um, sort of an additional mm-hmm sort of bonus episode if you will <laughs> that is now going to be uh the season wrap up and this is a recap of the events of the game in chronological order mm-hmm. to the um, best of our the, ability to the best of our ability and uh our ability is going to be hampered because okay. we have also now decided to turn that into a responsible liquid consumption game mm-hmm called 13 sentinels aegis gen um so we will we will release that episode i will release the rules to the game if anyone wants to play it responsibly Responsibly. at home yes uh but yes that will be that will be our final recap episode so get excited for that i know i am yeah uh it's gonna be a disaster (laughs) it's gonna be a great time uh, so yeah, you have that to look forward to in two weeks, and like I said, next week will be our 100% Remembrance Destruction, maybe analysis as well, episode. So come by for that, and until then, Kim, do you have any final words for us today? Until then, you won't get anywhere if you can't even trust yourself. Wow. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. The worst garbage, the online.